0: Our microphones are on, so we can't talk about people bad anymore. Now, <laughs> what I'm going to do is we'll wait. Uh, we we did go on early because why not? We're ready to rock here, and I'm going to wait till people in the chat say that audio and everything is good. Basically, sounds we'll see. good. We'll see how it goes. Sounds good.
1: This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yep. Audio is good. Got audio here. What else have we got? Audio is good. OK. People have audio. <laughs> All right. So ladies and gentlemen, we have Robert Young. Are you the owner operator of Force Performance? I am. Creator I am. I... of? Founder. Creator, originator. Wow. Okay. I, mean,
1: I, I used to I used to have a partner, a uh, friend that passed away years and years ago, but uh that was like prior to ninety nine. But since ninety-nine, all on it's just been me.
0: Oh wow, okay. And always Robert... wear
1: your five-point harness when you're torquing around. Oh, God. is that
0: what happened? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Sad to hear. Well, Robert makes turbochargers. I do. <laughs> and Robert has outstanding knowledge of turbochargers, and we have so, since we're live, we're going to try to answer some live questions, but what we have is people ask questions ahead of time, and Robert, I, I sent most of them to him, and he's going to go over ones that will probably best explain things that, uh, you know, he sees the most.
1: A lot of really good questions on the YouTube channel and on the Facebook uh, posts for this, and, uh, you know, the as far as where to start, we have to start somewhere, right? We won't start in the most perfect place, but... Um, you know, uh, I think great place to start is where is is to talk about back pressure, okay? Um, in turbochargers, you know, uh, it, it's as I read in uh, I read car forums, uh, Chevrolet LS forums and whatnot. There's a lot of people that talk about back pressure, and um, oh, you can't do that; it's too much back pressure. Some people, a lot of people, say that they don't even measure it. Um, but they say, oh, it's, got, it's not working because it's got a lot of back pressure. A lot of times you know that's true, um, but a lot of times it's hard to figure out too because having a compressor wheel that is at uh, really near its maximum speed line, uh, right near its, you know, kind of in the 2,000 feet per second tip speed uh, range uh, can make you think you got a lot of back pressure. But, uh, you, you know, I've had plenty of cases where i got a large turbine and uh, a larger turbine than a compressor. And, you know, the symptoms might be that it's got a lot of back pressure, but the data really shows that it doesn't, what you're doing is you just kind of actually drank all the air out of the compressor, so to speak. You know, um, a, a lot of the questions that I saw in the YouTube, uh, um, comments had to do with how do I know, how do I know when I'm out of turbo, you know, uh, do, when, when you're out of turbo, it stops making power. How do I know if it's the compressor side or the turbine side, you know, um, you probably run into that a lot where you start turning something up and you know, clearly it stopped making power at some point, you know, uh, you go from 10 pounds to 12 pounds to 15 pounds to 17 pounds to 20, 22, 25 pounds, somewhere in there, it stopped making power. You know, uh, every, every one of those jumps, you know, it makes a solid, you know, discrete chunk, more power, raise it again. You get that same chunk, you raise it again, you get almost that whole chunk, you raise it again, you get, there's a little bit less of that chunk. So, you know, it's stopping you know, it's not giving you any more, um, but you might not know why, and you might say, "Oh, it's got a lot of back pressure," but you also might have used up all your compressor. Um, and I've I've run into this in some cases where I use some really large turbines, and um, and had people think, you know, wow, I think I think it's still in, I still even need a larger turbine. And we look at the data, and it's like, no, man, you're you're like actually one psi less back pressure.
0: That's interesting. The, I didn't know. You know I actually uh, didn't know that you could run out of. A compressor like that. Yeah, I you thought turbine was the answer.
1: Uh, it, a turbine has a lot to do with it, and you know it's commonly it's the culprit, um, especially when you start thinking about how big some of our engines get in the Chevrolet world. You know, some of these guys are 400 inches and larger motors, so you definitely need a lot of turbine. Um, but the turbine's not always the devil. Like sometimes you have an 80 millimeter compressor, and if you've got an 80 millimeter inducer on your compressor, 80 millimeter turbo. Um, but if you're running it in a T4 housing with like an 87 by 70 something millimeter turbine wheel in it, you can't drink all that air out of that compressor. It's a five gallon bucket, but you can't carry five gallons in it because the turbine, you know, so to speak, you know? Yeah. You, if you look at the compressor map for it, it says it should flow 115 pounds a minute. You know, you, you, you look at 115 pounds a minute on a compressor map and you think, OK, great, that should give me over a thousand horsepower capacity with that many pound minute uh, of flow available. That's the capacity of it. But if you couple a com- large compressor with a small turbine, a lot of times you can't get all of that compressor out of it. And the converse is true, which is what I started talking about. Big turbine, small compressor. Um, is a great way to keep the e-map really low through the whole power band, make the best VE on the motor through the whole power band, but you got to make sure you don't run out of compressor at the same time. And that's where turbo tax come in because you want to know what the speed is. Because if you look at a compressor map as you start getting to the right-hand side of the compressor map, um, the the x-axis being mass flow or CFM depending on the units on the map, that's how much air. And the y-axis is your boost pressure. So if you look at the... right-hand side of your compressor map, you're seeing what the very last bit of the flow looks like. And typically you start seeing go from 65% to 60 to, you know, to 55% of, you know, compressor efficiency. That takes a lot of extra turbine work to do that. So operating your compressor right near the max speed line, that's when you need the most amount of turbine work possible. So that's why the two things get confused sometimes. Oh, I got a lot of back pressure, but I might also be at a compressor wheel. Um, I might be doing both the things at the same time, or I might not be. Um, I had a, a friend of mine who sending me some data logs uh, just the day before yesterday. And he was saying, Hey, you know, what do we need to do? Do I need to go bigger than this? We we're looking at the logs and had 29 pounds of boost, 29.2 pounds of boost, 29.4, 29.6 pounds of, of EMAP. Uh, and, uh, but he's only getting 22 pounds of boost at the intake manifold. So he was looking at, it, he was like, well, I got 22 pounds of boost, but I got almost 30 pounds of back pressure. This turbo, I need to change the turbo. And I was like, you know what you did here? You did yourself a big favor because you have one more pressure sensor in there that you weren't even looking at. Go look at the pre intercooler pressure sensor there. That's 29. That's 29. The turbo thinks it's making 29. The turbo is making 29. It's got 29 pounds of boost at the compressor outlet at 29 pounds of of drive pressure at the turbine inlet the turbo is still in its free you know f- you know free free deal so you it's know, all intercooler drop that was seven pounds of intercooler drop there and, and he was like hey what do i need to do i need to get freaky with this turbo i need to you know i need more i need more i need more i said what you need more of is another intercooler yeah not the turbo you fix this intercooler you get that pressure drop on that intercooler down to like two psi you just got five free pounds of boost pressure that you're already paying for if you're already your
0: 20 horsepower per pound and you're losing five pounds, a hundred to the tire, probably. Exactly.
1: Don't leave that on the table. Don't leave that on the
0: table. I actually. you want to look at the those, data logo. It's one of those funny things where the more you know, you know you don't know. Yes. And it's one of those things now where I want to put like a dominator on everything and have like a temperature map sensor on the turbo outlet and a temperature mm-hmm. map on both sides of the end tanks on the mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. like everywhere, so I can see the delta everywhere. 'Cause I've even And
1: fast seen, temperature sensors too, not like GM ones that would go in a cyclone intake manifold, you know. Yeah. But a fast, a fast thermocouple that you could really, really know instantly that you know what the, what that temp is doing.
0: I'm really interested to see. Uh, I have a fast one from Low Dollar, and I would love to see that. And I've seen people post about those where they show. I think uh, Real Street Performance showed, and some other people showed the difference between. Uh, the one we're used to, where the temperature keeps rising and falls off, and then the fast one—how uh how totally different the curves are in the inlet air temperature. So that's that interests yeah. me also. The one showed like 60 more degrees than the other one. It was it was way too slow to.
1: And what if what if you're using that air temperature to do something like decide how much ignition trim you're going to something let...
0: important like everybody does, yeah. IEP versus <laughs> no. spark. Yeah, and they were yeah. saying like you can have a sixty degree delta that you'll never see.
1: You didn't know it was hot air, and you thought it was cool air, so you let it have two more degrees of timing. You know, that can be bad. It could be.
0: Some so, days, yeah, I, I would say most people, even me, uh, two to one is where most quit. I would say they're they're they're
1: trying way too hard at two to one. Okay, I'd like to talk about that because a lot of cars you want to set up to run 2 to 1. Yeah. Okay? The the stock converter car, you know, that okay. that uh, that is going to lock up quick, you need it to spool quickly because the converter already connected everything at 3500 RPM, 3000 RPM, maybe even 2500 RPM. So so in a case like that, um, 2 to 1's okay because what you're really wanting is some mid-range. You're really wanting some, you know, some some burnout Capability with the ice cream trip, you know, uh, yes. and so and so something like that. It doesn't really matter if it's two to one at seven thousand RPM. You're gonna hold it, you know. You're gonna be trying to pedal it at five thousand while you're doing being, uh, burnouts, you know. Uh, you want it to be responsive a lot of times if you're gonna just drive it around a lot. It, it depends on what your gearing and your converter is like, right? You know. Um, so uh, is
0: that one of those things where if a car is quitting around that, it's just an efficient compressor or something else?
1: Uh you mean if we like say you've got like a seventy eight seventy five turbo with like a ninety six housing and it's going two to one on a six liter,
0: yeah, and it just it goes from twenty five horsepower per
1: pound to ten that's that's your that's your emap backing up completely because the seventy eight millimeter compressor ought to probably flow about a hundred pounds a minute so if if you were to look at it from a capacity perspective thats sh- that has a capacity for a thousand horsepower, okay. Yeah. And like a, like for example, I got a 75 82 on my Tahoe. So it's a 75 millimeter compressor, but it's got a very large turbine in it. Okay, and it 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 carries out. It doesn't build EMAP. map. It, it it carries its power uh, to redline. I don't know if you remember seeing the dyno graph of that yeah. we and dyno did a few weeks ago. It made but power until you lifted. It looked like a blower. It you know, it made power until I got up there and started floating the valves. That's another story we talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> um. But so if you put enough turbine on it, you can use all the compressor is, is kind of a good rule of thumb. If you've got enough turbine on it, you can use all the compressor. Now you go, well, if I put a really big turbine on it, it's going to be awful lazy. Well, typically if you're going to go bigger with the turbine, you don't also go bigger with the AR, you know? So, so like in a case on a S 400 um, if you were going to run like my bigger 90, 99 by 92 millimeter turbine wheel in that, um, most guys would want to run the 132 on that, even though I make a 158 for it. Oh, wow. Um, but most guys don't have a 450-inch motor. So if you were going to run a single tur- run that turbine on a bigger engine, you would want to run the 158 AR, you know. There's um, so a lot going on in a V8 that's different than a four-cylinder. Of course, my background is heavy in the four-cylinders. we got two exhaust valves, you know. We, we've got almost the whole chamber opens up. Half the chamber opens up and lets the exhaust out. It's a lot different than having a single exhaust valve like on a 427, and you got to you got to let it all get out of that. And 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 unfortunately, since you have to have so much more duration because you've got one valve, that lets the exhaust manifold pressure have more of an effect on that flow through that port. That's why you end up with so many turbo cams that kind of go short on the duration. They go, you know, hey, let me, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this two to one kind of turbo by limiting how much exhaust duration I have, limiting how limiting the overlap, limiting how much of a negative effect that EMAP can have on my tune-up.
0: I was going to also say maybe introduce, uh, how you got introduced to sloppy mechanics or why you're interested in doing the show or what you've done. Like we talked about when we did the test, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, how have you applied, um, stuff that you've learned on or seen on sloppy mechanics
1: well i i i uh how, how i started with the whole even getting interested in sloppy mechanics is is kind of an interesting story because i've i've had a 2002 chevy tahoe that i've probably probably tried to trade in about a half dozen times over my life and and every time i go to trade it in they're like yeah we'll give you two grand for it you know i oh, would we'll give you you know 2500 dollars, so i just kept it you know why would i give away a perfectly good tahoe that i bought brand new and did religious transmission fluid changes on anything, blah, blah, blah. But, but so I had this truck and I'm like, I, I want to do something cool with it, you know. Uh, uh, and uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to turbo it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to turbo it. Uh, I see what these guys are doing with the Chevrolets. It's going to be a blast. Okay. Because I, I watch you guys and you make it look really easy, dude. <laughs> you know, your videos and your, your, your step-by-step process, your tune library and You're everything. You're like, what's I mean. the
0: gimmick? This is uh, This seems
1: too easy and fun that's, that's really what it was. Okay. And I was like, it can't be that easy. There's no way it can be that easy. Uh, these guys are glossing over stuff, you know? And, uh, and so I started off, I started off, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of take the spirit of sloppy mechanics, but I'm going to, I'm going to add a little, of my own flair to it. So instead of just using a real basic camshaft, I get a little fancy on the camshaft and I got, Real short duration, high lift camshaft. And I end up trying to run pack 1218s with it. And I didn't have them shimmed up tight enough. And around 6,200 RPM or something, I started getting you know, my dyno graph comes up real nice at around 6,000 RPM. Oh, you know, just these large oscillations in it, you know, and it's nothing's happening other than the valves are not opening and closing like they were when I had lower boost. I turn it a boost up and it starts floating valves. So I, I'm not following the recipe got me into trouble there. I should have put just a simple camshaft in it. I tried to get fancy because I'm an air cooled Volkswagen guy. I'm a DSM guy. I've always got fancy with camshafts. It's just part of what I have to do, right? You know, it's 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 you, you think you have to do all of these things. You know, you think everything's got to be just exactly perfect. And and when you're import world it really does, to be honest with you. You're not you're not gonna get very far with your project. You're gonna blow up. You're, you're you're not gonna have a good time if every if you don't pay really close attention to all the details. So coming from that end of the spectrum, where we never blow the car up, like the last thing we're gonna do is risk blowing anything up. It's just too expensive. You got too much money in these crazy Mitsubishi parts that, yeah. that are not commonly available, right? uh so you, you come over to Chevrolet and you come over to the sloppy mantra a uh, method of doing this and everything's impact guns and just whatever and it's all. like oh, oh my god you know it's oh, dirty and reuse it
0: and yeah. no one cares I, and it's fine I, yeah
1: and i'm like okay i get it there's a raccoon okay but like when when do we do it right <laughs> you know <laughs> you know and then but then i see your dino stuff and i and, 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 you know you're uh you're eight for eights uh uh the uh, Mustang yes. uh, project, you know, I mean, and uh, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, you really, you really did avoid all the high-priced things that normally stop people from doing these projects. Yeah, you know, and and but you still accomplished your goal, you know, and not only that, but you made a whole recipe for for other people to read about how to follow along and how to, how to do it, you know, like, uh, with, you call them, a a, a no, uh, don't, don't BS me. Yep. That, that was, no,
0: I created that in like 2014, because what I learned was people don't really know what they want. And what I also learned was that 500 rear wheel mark is where the expenses go way up, but to make yeah. 500 wheel, is extremely easy and if uh, even if the combination of some of the parts are bad it'll still probably make 500
1: wheel i find myself saying that 500 times a year as i'm talking about my tahoe one of the guys we wouldn't do that on a lamborghini we wouldn't do that with a gtr you wouldn't do that with a mitsubishi i'm like man let me tell you if i've learned anything about these gms is that you can have six things not optimized and you still go make your 650 horsepower yeah. every little component in it does not need to be fully optimized in order for this project to work really well okay i mean think about it you got single turbo all the exhaust has to come around log manifolds none of this stuff's optimized right but it works great you can make a four 000 pound truck run a 10 second quarter mile so that's like
0: uh you know what you started doing was just do some garbage to the tahoe and hang
1: one of your turbos on it and you're like Oh, wow. This is I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And at first I was like, well, I'm going to, and, and I got, a, I caught a lot of flack for even trying to learn how to use HP tuners instead of put a MoTeC on it, you know? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's, this is the way you do it. This, and I, and, well, why do we have to do it that way? I said, just put another AM data logger box on it so we can collect data. I'm going to run it with the HP tuner. I want to do the same thing that all these other guys are doing. I want the experience that they're having. Since you know? it works. Since it works. I want to <laughs> see it. I want to see it for myself. And then I couldn't believe like how right you were about s- so much of the working, you know, yeah. of it, you know, I had a few pitfalls. Like I told you, I tried to get fancy with camshafts. I I, I made the mistake the first time. Then I made the mistake second time. <laughs> yeah. I put another fancy camshaft in there and I thought, well, I'm not going to have any problems. I'll put a BTR 660 spring kit in it. Um, I didn't shim them tight enough for 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 what for what I was doing. I didn't have a 660 lift cam. I had a 630 lift cam. I didn't have them shimmed the right way. I didn't have them 50, 60 from coil bind. Um, so even even when I went back the dyno we were talking about a minute, ago the 770 or whatever you know dyno on that car with the 7582 on it. Um, I had to stop at 7,000 or so because I, I started losing the valve train tracking at the very top and it started to get Mickey Mouse again.
0: And it's funny so, how like a $240 camshaft with $130 springs with no shimming, no double checking, and nothing else with a truck intake is making 500
1: to 600 rear wheel even on pump. And then uh, I try to do all these extra special things because I want to show how special I am and, and I have problems. And I end up making 75 more horsepower. <laughs> well, <laughs> you that's know? what I've learned
0: is people yeah. really squeeze and the, the, the gain is just not there. Or if you're building a budget, totally not worth it.
1: But I go back to your, you know, two to one, one to one map, the E map ratio, um, two to one's great on a lot of cars. If you're going to street drive it, you know, if you're, you're going to spend time in the car, you're going to like the throttle response of a car that ends up having a two to one, Exhaust to intake manifold pressure, and it's not you. Know, you can put cams in there that work with it. Like the S two cam works great with that. You know, it, it does it. It's not a super sensitive to E MAP camshaft. You know, you get up there around 240 250 duration at fifty. Now you've got to be real careful about your E MAP. Yep. Okay, because now you're like actually this is all like set up for race cars. You know, at that level, it's, you're, you're you're putting cam in there that you would put in a you know a seven thousand five hundred RPM NA car you know, almost. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a, there's a joke they say about camshafts is, you know, like the best, the best, the best turbo cam is an NA cam, you know, uh, a lot of times, uh, if you've got the right turbo, you know? Yeah. Like Holdener
0: uh, and I always say every cam is a turbo cam. Like we always, we joke, but it's somewhat true.
1: And there's a lot of truth to it. There's a lot of truth to it. Now it, and you could get camshafts that help you more with a high back pressure combo. You know, there's definitely cams you would want to use. You want to use something with a little less duration if you were planning on having a lot of back pressure. If you if you were gonna if you knew you were gonna run a 7875, if you knew you were gonna run the 81 AR, if you knew you had a 48, you're gonna run the smallest turbo setup on that. Um, you know, you're gonna have uh, high back pressure. You you wouldn't over cam that. You would make sure the exhaust cam was not really heavy on the duration. And SS2 is what on the duration at 50? I forget off the top of my head 230 or something.
0: It's a 228, 230, 20 something. 228 yeah, so. intake, 230 exhaust, 112 LSA, and it's right in the middle, like a 550 lift, five fifty five seventy five.
1: 550, mm-hmm. 575. It, and, you, you know, here's a, here's another point. You know, a lot of people are overlook, well, that's not very much lift. That's not very much lift. I I need to run a cam with a lot of lift. That's what I was telling you. The cathedral doesn't Why? really
0: need lift when it's getting and, smashed in there, in and, my opinion.
1: And then I went and flowed my heads. Okay. So once you this this is this is uh let's see where is five fifty 500s right here. Look what happens to the intake port when you get to five hundred. It's got after that. It's huh. pretty flat after that.
0: That's funny so unless- that you did that because you're like an airflow guy and I have never done or seen that. Two
2: ninety eight,
0: five oh four and five twelve. Oh no, 300. three hundred. Three two ninety eight, three oh four, and three twelve, yeah. It's completely yeah. done. At,
1: at, so it's done. It's not doing anything else
0: past, past that 500, but that's what we saw with like uh, expensive double springs and shimming them and putting a larger mm. uh, lift. can't you, you told
1: no. everybody that you told me that I read it. I didn't do it, but, <laughs> then, I, but then I went and saw that you were right. <laughs> yeah. You know? I know and, On
0: like an all motor aspect. A lot of stuff, uh, counts on you the sum of all parts doing everything correctly but as far as i saw uh you just slam bang and it's going to do whatever it's going to do if you don't have uh, some other issues
1: the oh and and that is really what you're going to do on a phase one project i think you know if if it's your first time you're putting one of these together yeah. that's the kind of project you're you're going to do change once you, you want to do that
0: yeah, once you get acclimated yeah. and you know what you want to change, you're going to change it anyway. So that's why I'm like, just just uh, get it running. Uh, there's, yeah. there's, a, I say it, and then Freiberger says, like, it doesn't need to be right, it needs to be running.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a funny joke when we talk about how many years people have had their project because they're trying to do it right. That's why it's people a think i mean, but I'm like... But- you're finish. trying to help him. You're not trying to be mean and tease them. You're trying to point out to him, you want to just finish it right now? Yeah. Let's just finish it right now. Just you know make have it
0: make noise. And like I always say to people, get the swap done and running, and the car moves. Mm-hmm. It's a huge mm-hmm. motivation. And then like a camshaft and springs is you like, go check, a you do that next things. winter. Yeah, you can yeah, do that. later, yeah. get the car running, go race it, go 15s. Who gives a, you know?
1: Yeah, gives? yeah, yeah. And, it, like, maybe put a cam in it this summer or something. Who are you Whatever. trying to impress, guys with pro mods? Those guys aren't having fun. They trust don't, me. They're not watching you. <laughs> you know. They aren't having fun, trust me. <laughs> I, know, I know, yeah, I know, I know. It's stressful. It, the, 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 that's what, and this is not stressful. You know, these cars are not stressful. I don't get, like, even when we, uh, I was dynoing a few weeks ago. We did the 770 on on my boost 12 13 pounds boost and um it started floating valves at the very top, not tracking very good. And the next thing you know, it's like tick, 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 just loud, just like you have a hammer, you know. And um, I I wasn't upset. It was the first time that I thought I'd ever heard a motor, and I wasn't like, oh man, god, the money of this. Yeah, you know? that's why I say to people, like the two hundred dollar
0: motor, and uh, my favorite comments were for many years, I was finding ways to make 100 extra horsepower safely per year. And that has like kept going. And I'm like, how long can that business model <laughs> keep happening? But it keeps happening. And, uh, and people are always like, in the comments, they'd be like, why don't you just stop being an idiot and build a motor? And I'm like, well, a $200 mistake is going to be a $5,000 mistake. I don't think you're getting yep. it. And yeah. they're like, well, that's yeah. dumb. And I'm like, trust me, I know people that are spending 10000 on a short block and hammering the bearings out of it and ruining the motor because they didn't understand how to not fold a rod on a
1: $200 engine.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all of it you carries well. over.
1: Yes, yes. And all all the knowledge carries over. All the experience of it completely carries over. And that that's what I love about your whole movement here. And and I And you have created a movement. I think you've single-handedly created a movement here. You know, there, there are droves of dudes out there that follow <laughs> your recipe and go to the drag strip and show everybody, you know, yeah, uh, I, I'm surprised.
0: It, like, uh, even if people would say that it's made up or handpicked or something else, uh, I've seen way too many people do it without asking any questions and then do their, like, I would say one a month is extremely positive where they're like, I just did carburetors. My stuff never went that fast. It was completely stripped out. Race car, uh, earplugs, couldn't drive it to the track, went 12s, and now they're like, I have this bullshit car that foot brakes a 1050 on pump, and I drive it, and it's quiet, and it has like a fairly it's success. cam.
1: Yeah. It's winning, man. You know, And you know what else? You could put air conditioning in that if you wanted to. You know. Yeah. A lot yeah, of that, you know?
0: especially what like you said – I knew right away that you were having way too much fun with your sloppy combo when you started doing like a thousand foot burnouts in your Tahoe. I was like, there it is there. there, I don't care. I'm going to fry my tires
1: off. No cares in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were hand cooked Dynapros. That's what they're for. (laughs) You know, they ought to make a burnout master or something. I would buy those If, if I could find that this, that was like burnout master. You know, I, that'd be I, nice if to... they made a tire
0: that was like hard soap and just called burnout yeah. master. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can push for that. I'll get hit up. Well, the who's listening
1: hit... to us. Maybe they'll make a tire. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hit up some tire people. Uh, All right. we we'll well, need Some what, 900 treadwear tires.
0: <laughs> what was another uh, question that you thought was good to go over for everybody?
1: Okay. Well, another one was like, uh, this was from uh, s 14, Sean, uh, from YouTube. Do you find that most turbine and compressor combo perform best when the Wheel mass or size is similar on the hot and cold side. For example, 6262 or 50-50. Someone else is asking
0: 52.
1: about 50-50 cam. He keeps asking. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, yeah, so why, why are they not the same on each side? But uh different answers for cams and turbos. But uh personally, I prefer to have the turbine just a little bit higher flow than our compressor. Um even uh even in cases where uh, we want a fast spooling turbo. I'll just have to make everything a little bit smaller. Like my my fastest spooling turbo for single turbo on the on the LS is is a 72 millimeter compressor with a 75 millimeter turbine. So uh, kind of a small compressor, but I mean we made 600 horsepower with that on the Boosto last last year when we were when we were kind of testing things out and 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 doing a little development work on it. And I was realized that that's a great place to start for a lot of people because it's so responsive. And if you put a, and in my case, I put a 96 AR on it that's still really responsive with a 96 AR by the six liter though. Um, and it just so much instant torque. And I was able to run that with the, the 4L81st gear. Um, and before I changed the rear axle ratio, I had a 373. Okay. So, so that really tall 4L81st gear and my 373 and a stock truck converter Okay, that was all I had. So I come up to about 2300 RPM and it couldn't go any further. It couldn't push through that. It, you yeah. had to pull through that with the motor. And, but the turbo was already there, see? you a nice little lightweight 72-millimeter compressor with a good-flowing 75-millimeter turbine on a 96 AR on a 6-liter. Really responsive. I mean, talk about a burnout machine. It burns out now, but it would burn out even harder than it from a lower RPM. Yeah. Um, Having that, sp-
0: like, blower power band is really nice. That's a one of the reasons why I suggest like the V S billet. They don't they don't sell it anymore. The Gen One billet seventy eight seventy five. Yeah. Because of uh, how broad your power band can be, how much it works on the different size engines, and then on the pump gas aspect, where if everything's horrible and you make like four fifty five hundred, or if you have E eighty five and you do well on everything, it'll go eight twenty wheel is not hard for it to do, and that, that range with Pretty fast spooling and everything else is. Yeah,
1: incredible. it's fast spooling and it makes a lot of EMAP, but if you don't over cam it, it, doesn't even cause a problem. Yeah. Okay. You know, you don't put too much exhaust cam in it, and that EMAP's not even a problem. Man. Yeah, it won't it's crush sharp. that seventy five millimeter. Mm-hmm. But now another thing, thing I like about.
0: Pardon. <laughs> everyone wants the chop.
1: Them. Oh yeah, just a little chop. Yeah, we just just make it just just wreck the tune up at idle.
0: <laughs> That's what I've said to people too. Like, uh, just destroy the air fuel
1: ratio and yeah idle. yeah just take the fuel way off at idle it'll it's sound just like a like you know, blower car back. old school blower
0: car people love that <laughs> 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 i'm like all the air fuels 919 919 that's what gets you so whenever i hear that i'm like fix the car man
1: i, oh, I hate it but it sounds great i love it man it's like that's not your cam it's just running it's back.
0: a thing yeah I you're mean, killing even, your
1: plugs dude
0: <laughs> even that guy that works for holly is his name tim he built that fairmont with like the giant blower and he set okay. up a switch to run normally and it to idles beautifully normal. And then uh-huh. he hooked up a switch where, cause all those guys grew up where like the blower just blah, blah. Is, like well, you've he, got to just idle through the parking lot, right? Yeah. I just mean, like stabbing through the converter yeah, on yeah, the brakes yeah. all day. <laughs> and people are like, wow. And I'm just like, yeah. your tune up sucks. Like I can't unknow that. <laughs>
1: Just like okay, so so back to that sizing question. Okay, oh, yeah. so, so that was uh, so the case of that's a 72 millimeter with a 75 millimeter turbine. I, I always talk about the inducer diameter on the compressor wheel, that's the inlet side on the compressor wheel, and the exducer diameter on the turbine wheel because that's the exit side of the turbine, the wheel. smallest so those, ones. People, those don't are the two out. places mm-hmm. that all the air has to go through. So talking about the larger diameter on the turbine wheel is kind of irrelevant unless you happen to also know what the smaller diameter is, just because you're real familiar with all the part numbers. That's you why when
0: someone says to me, like, what size their turbo is, and they say GTX, whatever, what, and I'm like, what are the wheel sizes? How about some millimeters? The yeah, there some sizes. at. Like of, when yeah. Patrick was here with the RS3, and he was uh-huh. like, it's a, it was one of your turbos, but it was a crazy model name, and he's like, it's this model name. And I texted you and I'm like, what the hell is this? And you're like, oh, it's a 6772. I'm like, oh, that makes sense to my <laughs> dumb brain.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of times people ask me, like, well, tell me a little bit about those turbo. I was like, do you you want to know the, do you want to know like the TurboNetics equivalent name of it, you know, in millimeter or something? Yeah. They you want know, like the, the Dino the jet number
0: or the mainline number or the yeah. Mustang Dino
1: number. Yeah. <laughs> so so in 72 75s, i like that you don't get a lot of back pressure with that okay you get a last loud nice you, i you get in my mind you get the best combination of good response and not too much back pressure on the top end when you can't it with a little bit bigger turbine wheel than compressor wheel okay now what's the flip side of that so that's the 78 75s, okay and there's a lot of 7875s, right But they're both, they're all inherently the same in that those are the dimensions. Okay. So it's a 78 millimeter inducer for the compressor wheel and a 75 millimeter exducer for the turbine wheel. So now we're kind of on the other side of the ratio, a little bit bigger compressor. You know what you do here? You can't drink all the air out of the compressor wheel anymore. Hmm. It's, but it's got a natural rev limiter in it. You see, Uh since the compressor is bigger than the turbine, we can't really ever just drive the shaft speed to the moon okay because we can't we just don't have enough torque the turbine's smaller than the compressor Hmm. okay so so those turbos are really hard to destroy which makes them also another really good first turbo (laughs) okay because they'll come up and they'll have like a natural rev limiter to them they the turbo won't ever really spin fast enough that the compressor will just explode
0: that's nice
1: here's a good additive uh
0: Pip Van Winkle says, when discussing how fast the turbo spools say at the strip, how do you define fast, like less than five seconds or instantly? And uh, I would say that completely depends on the combination. But a lot of turbos with good transient are like under a second to full boost. Uh, You know, it, it,
1: you know, it's going to depend on the converter and gear, the, yeah. the weight of the car, the rear axle ratio and all those sorts of things. So we talk about spool at the strip. We don't ever spool it to strip. When we're spooling it to strip, the lights haven't even come down yet. Yeah. So, you know, so spooling it to strip is kind of, you don't ever have to worry about that. What you have to worry about is like, I want to get on this expressway and I just want to stab it and I just want to have it rip up the expressway. Yeah. I don't want to stab it and go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. Yeah, you know. It's, it, it's a lot of do- dependencies there. <laughs> like that's
0: why any decent question like that, there's 400 answers to it. Because, yes, like and said, there's, there's 400 good answers. Does it down. have a trans brake? Are you foot yeah.
1: braking? How high What's is your the converter? What's the converter setup? What's the rear axle ratio? I setup? think
0: sometimes people don't, they want to know what transient is. Like if they're somewhere the turbo lights off well and they put their foot to the floor on the highway, how fast can you okay. go from well, zero then, to four? Then
1: there's a, here's a term I can add to the vernacular here, okay? It's called boost threshold RPM, hmm. okay? What RPM? is it such that that rpm if i'm below it and i stab it i have to wait and if i'm above it when i stab it it's instant right to wastegate yeah right to wastegate so so that's your threshold rpm so so that's what i like to look at really and if and that's why when i was doing my dyno pulls and you were like you were saying well you know you can lock the converter and start from 2200 rpm if you want but seems silly to me you know i just like to do it in mile per hour and let the converter be in there and everything but I wanted to dyno it with the converter locked so from a lower RPM, RPM so that I could see where that threshold RPM was on my dyno graph, you know. Um, uh, and and with uh, and with a lot of my turbos, I've figured that out already. At least at least as as it works on my six liter. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I mean, I hope that explains a bunch for people. But did you have another? Good topic you wanted to start on. From yeah, there was there's uh, so many good ones here. I must have thirty of them.
1: Uh Did you see this guy's math involved in sizing a turbo? Did you see that one, Josh Tipton? Yep. Yeah, I and saw a, a bunch of. There we a, talked about we talked about back pressure and and really I talked about like don't forget about your inner core pressure drop when you're looking at back pressure. Yeah. Okay, because you gotta really want to look at when you're comparing boost pressure to back pressure. You want to look at what the turbo did, not what made it to the intercooler. I had a friend then,
0: recently where we measured. Uh, compressor outlet and intake obviously the map sensor and it was uh, he could only make 15 pounds and we're like what's going on there's no leaks they smoked it it was John Martin if he's listening or listens but he was losing it was 30 pounds at the compressor and 15 at the intake
1: so you don't need a new turbo if that's what's going on no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Was, you don't that need was it an tur- easy one Well, the other part of Josh's Tipton's question was, is math involved when sizing a turbo? And and it is like for the first, I don't know, 25,000 times, you know, Um, and it can be anytime you want it to be. But, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, tonight was there was because there was several questions about compressor maps. It's like, what do when I look at a compressor map, where do I put my eyes and what am I trying to see, you know? So the first thing you do when you look at a compressor map, uh, which was, you know, hey, math involved in sizing a turbo, com- it all loops into that, okay? So when you look at a compressor map, you want to look at the choke flow side of it. You want to come right down to the x-axis and see what the pound per minute flow rate of air was for that. Um, you multiply that by 10, that's roughly the capacity of that turbocharger to make horsepower. So if it was 125 pounds per minute, there was the, the whole right-hand choke flow side of that compressor, then multiply that by 10, roughly 1,200 crankshaft horsepower. What I'm horsepower. familiar with, too, is like if it flows okay. 780
0: pounds, it'll be 780 flywheel.
1: Yeah, yeah, if it, if, if it flows 75 pounds a minute, correctly. you're going to see, you could see 75 uh, flywheel horsepower without without running out of anything, without having a problem. That's okay.
0: what's like, uh, I like looking at the Holly numbers. I like looking at the fuel flow number, if everything else is correct. Because mm-hmm. what we have found out is on... Uh, 70% alcohol pump E85. If it's flowing 900 pounds a minute of fuel, it's roughly 900 wheel is what we're finding out.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And and if you have got good injector data in your Dominator, you know dead dead time compensation and all that, your fuel calcs for your AFR and your fuel delivered will tell you calculated airflow. You know, uh, you'll, you'll see that even if you don't have a meter, you can you can get your computer to do that. I, I know the Dominator does it. I don't know about the rest of the line, but I know the the Dominator on the top end of that line um, allows for fuel caps like that.
0: Yeah, pretty much so, all of them use the same parameters where they show pounds a minute of fuel. So
1: that's like the first said, thing you want to look at on a compressor map is what is the pound per minute, the choke flow with the right hand side of that map. I'll, I'll, I'll just draw a map here on this board real quick. I'll show you what I'm talking about. So, so generically, a compressor map um, is going to have a surge line and then a bulge to it, and this is going to be boost, and this is going to be flow. If you're lucky, the units for the flow side are going to be in pounds per minute, and you won't have to do any conversions, okay? So, if the units are in pounds per minute, and... This side of the map right here it comes down to 100 pounds per minute. Then that's generally speaking, that's going to be a great turbo to use for up to about a thousand crankshaft horsepower on a two-valve motor. If you had a four-valve motor, you might be able to get a thousand wheel horsepower out of it, just because the, the efficiencies of the engines are a little different. The next thing you want to do is try to predict what boost pressure you're going to run this at. You know, if you think you're going to run it at 20 pounds of boost figure out what the pressure ratio is for 20 pounds of boost. I'm not going to do math on this, okay? I told myself before we got started I wasn't going to I wasn't going to do any math. Let's not okay? get too crazy. So that's a second. We'll do another one later. So say that this pressure ratio right here corresponds to 20 psi. Okay? So this is where you're going to be operating. So so this is really where you want to know the mass flow for. And you're going to if you if your turbo spools up quickly, you're going to you're going to come right up to this, hit the wastegate and run all the way out to this choke flow. This is the part of the compressor map that you're interested in. You don't really care what happens up here at 65 pounds of boost pressure for a Chevrolet. Most Chevrolets are going to run 30 pounds of boost maximum. Very irregularly, are you going to see Chevrolet LS engines that are running higher than 30 pounds of boost on, and especially if you're using, you know, just uh, the sloppy style of, you know, the basic pistons and stuff like that. Yeah, it's probably not, not crazy top end like... Uh
0: like Jack Roberts or what's the other guys? all those stock bottom end record guys that are swinging 8,000 plus RPM and everything.
1: They'll let the boost go up. Th- those guys won't run a boost curve like this. Those guys will run a boost curve, they'll, they'll they'll 20 and then they'll they'll let the boost rise as the RPM goes, okay? And that'll help them get further into the meat of the compressor map. The compressor map's your capacity. It doesn't mean you're gonna get that. It's like buying a five gallon fuel jug it doesn't mean there's five gallons of fuel in it. it means you can fit five gallons of fuel in. It, you know it's not a guarantee of like what the flow rate's going to be. It just tells you what the flow rate could be. the max flow rate could be
0: I think this so, is a good question here, like a quick answer if you can, and yeah. you can just say that it's uh specific, but I agree with a a bunch of this. It says what are the advantages or disadvantages of doing two smaller twins versus one larger single? If you have the same horsepower goal, specifically in V eight land, is it a cost and complexity decision, or is there merit to having two smaller
1: ones for like transient or There's overall a lot power? Of, you're you're right there, right there. There's a lot of merit to having two smaller ones for transient. Okay, um, and, and if and if you if you have the budget for it, it's not a bad idea. Okay, is it because but, it's spreading the turbine area more effectively? you're you're you have to accelerate the turbine shafts okay so if they're two smaller diameter compressors and two smaller diameter turbines the inertia is lower than if it were one large oh that makes sense there's less mass to swing yeah so so i'm i'm getting all of the compressor flow that i need because i have two slow inertia turbos that accelerated quickly rather than one large high inertia turbocharger that was a little more difficult to accelerate up to a high shaft speed here's an example of that power stroke uh, a few years ago they made a turbo that had two compressor wheels on one shaft oh wow that's weird yeah weird huh okay one compressor wheel faced forward like regular and then on the back side of it it was like a it was like a person with two heads okay it had another compressor wheel facing I'm gonna back. like
0: look this up that sounds weird as yeah. hell it's like just like this. Uh oh, he's got one. He's got you know,
1: one. kid. I don't have one sitting here, but it's like this on a shaft. Okay. That's weird and then, as hell. And then the turbine was over here. And you had an inlet that came in to fed this one, an inlet that came in and fed this one, and both of them spit out into one volume. And so, this let them run a lot of shaft speed and keep the inertia really low so that they could get the response the way they wanted to. That's okay. I've never heard that's, of that before. It's the same thing that what your guy's asking about here. What about two small turbos? You know, why would you have two small turbos instead of one large one? Of course, there's packaging concerns. You know, of course, there's all that sort of thing. But from an engineering perspective, in a what do I get for my investment of doing it? You get lower inertia and faster transient uh, shaft speeds.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I figured for a street car, some of those smaller twins were more effective, but what I used to say is at least in my experience, a single will do what you want. And when you want to make a ton of power, you need two large of the, whatever you would consider singles to carry not over. Yeah. Yeah. Not at a least bad in idea. A drag race experience mm-hmm. of
1: mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, uh, there's the, the, the along with the expense of doing two of them, uh, you have those are smaller turbos, so like I said, there's smaller wheels, they're smaller shafts, they're lighter weight, and everything like that. They're also more delicate, okay? So, all of a sudden, instead of running an S400 that's got you know. Bearings in it the size of my fist. Yeah, it's, it's okay. made of concrete and you can beat <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S400 man, like you could beat on an S400 for a long time. I mean, the shaft diameter, the quill diameter in an S400 is three eighths of an inch. Okay, that that's that. The compressor wheel has a huge hole in it. or it, forgiving. It's a, yeah, it's, you, you can beat them up. You, you know, you can even not put a blow off valve on. Them oh, that's a good. Fifteen. Pounds I'm glad boost. you went there.
0: It just yeah. tri- it just triggered a memory. Someone asked, it'll be a good offshoot, uh, blow off valve, yes or no, depending on
1: easy. I and mean, if you're running a truck turbo like an S400, doesn't care, it won't care up to about 15 pounds. Okay, if you're going to run 35 pounds on it and you and you didn't want to carry spare turbos with you all season long while you're racing, probably put a blow off valve on it, it's going to last longer, you know, um, because that is a big shock load to the turbo, um, when when that. When the throttle shuts, you know, you had a hundred pounds of airflow, air per minute. So it's it's going in. It's in a three inch tube, right? So I got a hundred pound slug in a three inch tube, and it's going at like I don't know Mach one or something, five hundred miles an hour, three hundred (laughs) miles an hour this way, and all of a sudden stop it. It's still air, but it's still hundred pounds. That would be
0: an interesting sensor that maybe low dollar Brandon can create is like an air vein that tells us how. Fast the airspeed is. I don't think a mass air meter uh, can measure speed. It. it. you just calculate it,
1: you can just calculate it. Oh, do okay. The, the flow the versus, process, versus the everything else, and the, di- and the cross section of the tube. It's a simple math problem for a physics student. Ah. So yeah, it's 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 fast. It's it's not mock speed, but it's pretty fast. I'm, it's, I'm it's, fa- those... it's so fast that like you start to think. Do I really want to make it take a ninety degree turn? It's going so fast. Do I really want to change the direction of it because well, it has inertia? That's one know?
0: thing I learned is eliminating nineties is a huge free horsepower gain. Do whatever you can to forty-five instead of a ninety, and especially if it's a ninety and a ninety and a not, just give up. Like you're throwing away. Yeah,
1: you're. Yeah, and it's like, what if you? What if like that? My friend that contacted me, he's like, had seven pounds of pressure drop from his inner core. What if he calls up Ron Shearer and buys like a wicked inner core, right? And he puts it on and it only gets, and it goes from seven and a half pounds of pressure drop to six and a half pounds of pressure drop. Yeah. It's well, then all... it wasn't the inner core. It was all the nineties. So you're going to go back and look at your couplers and the way your inner core pipes are connected. You know, do you have, you have a three inch to two and a half inch coupler and you've got the two and a half inch pipe shoved, three inches into the coupler, you know, you know, what are you doing with the airflow in different places? Because you could just straight up make mistakes too with connecting, uh, with connecting those parts. Here's a, here's a little bit of a difference, like, you know, kind of a, a small automotive thrust bearing and a larger S 400. So you can see how much larger the shaft, you know, is that goes through that. um, Oh, the durability. Yeah.
0: That's like three times at least. Yeah. The durability is just, is way different.
1: You know, here's a, this is a, uh, that's that's unreasonable. <laughs> it's like a 35R turbine, it's like a Garrett 35R turbine shit, wheel. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> and this is an S400 turbine wheel. Okay. So which one of these is going to deal with you snapping the blow off the throttle shut and not having the blow off valve? Which one of these is going to deal with that that stress better? This yeah. one's going to whip around, probably scuff the cover, maybe shift the wheel, maybe affect the balance. And the next time you go up to 193,000 RPM, it's just going to. Sh- Poop itself, you know. This one's going to laugh at you. Understood. Okay, do it again. Do it again. Thank you, sir. May I have another? You know, yeah. that's that's what's going to go on with S four hundred. The torque load, it just doesn't care about. It doesn't care. It's strong enough. It doesn't get damaged by that. So, so not only do you want to consider singles or twins, do you want to, you know, just be oh, I, I'm, I'm Mr. Math. I want to just talk about inertia and transient response. But I also want, uh maybe you want a bulletproof turbo. You know, uh, how many times do you see S four hundreds just break? Never. Okay, why? Because they're yeah. really robust, you know? That's are really that's robust like, turbo.
0: That is like a quarter-inch ratchet to a half-inch is what I yeah, just saw. Yeah, and yeah. And everybody still... knows how much torque you can put through a quarter-inch versus yeah. a half-inch. I mean, who's broken a half-inch ratchet? Or I
1: can't remember doing it recently. Unless you're being retarded.
0: <laughs> yeah, how? Yeah. How? You can put like 450 foot-pounds through a half-inch extension and everything and no problem.
1: But that's the difference. And, and and it's it's this part that I'm talking about where the compressor wheel lives. Yeah. Okay. That's so that the puts part all, I'm
0: that's why people snap the compressor wheel this, off.
1: Snap that off, man. Guess what you just did with the other part? This yeah. is turning, you still got forty pounds of exhaust manifold it pressure off here. Guess what it hits. Guess what you're doing with this? Touchdown. You're, you just made a turbine cannon with that little thing standing out the side of your fender. That's that that instead of a side exit, now that's that's actually a, a, a firing squad.
0: It'll blender down the big end and come out.
1: It will. Or it'll, it'll fold, just fold it up. Done. It'll fold up these little inducer tips and it'll shoot right out. Homemade man. potato cannon. Right yeah, yeah. A whirling, glowing red knife cutter thing. Whirly bird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, And if you really, if you think about things like that, like I do, and you're concerned about things like that, like I am, you know, uh, I've seen people that go ahead and just cross bolt their downpipe, you know, well, yeah. one simple 3-8 bolt, you know, with a couple of little gussets welded on the outside of the downpipe, one little 3-8 bolt there, um, might could save somebody's life, you know, and I hate to be a safety first Clyde, but, you know, I started off talking about my dead friends, so, you know. It's, no,
0: yeah, the older <laughs> I get, the more I find safety as important as much as i want to do this again you
1: see i don't yeah. want to just do it once and live through it i want to do it regularly the older you always... get the more you see bad shit happen is the, yeah, yeah. Is it's, it, too often too often you know i don't want to go into a big safety preacher thing but it's nice to try <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to listen to it so <laughs> what a,
0: yeah i mean well see so do you want to do another uh Question? Uh,
1: yeah, let me see. I highlighted a couple other ones that were really uh, how to properly size from Ron Kale. We talked about sizing. Uh... Ron
0: Kale is a friend of mine. Uh, okay. He's okay. A cool cool guy. guy.
1: Well, ask Ron if he if, if he would if, if the way I described step one, two, and three of sizing a turbo uh, by looking at the compressor map was kind of what he was looking for or not. Yeah,
0: it's all like I always say. For almost every single answer and every question for every person is what's your,
1: what are your goals. It's hard to ask a question and get the answer that's helpful to you if that you don't convey that at the same time. Yeah, because that's like the tree on a
0: flow chart. Here's the goal and then vehicle weight, horsepower, quarter mile what
1: supports that goal? Yeah, what's underneath it? Yeah, literally,
0: that? like I said to people, it's like a currency where you're like I want $10,000. Well, mm-hmm. here's $500 for this and $500 for fuel and like it just it's all grows yeah. into that goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can. Well, find... that's,
1: that's that's kind of what I had highlighted for the most part, really. Um, I think we kind of hit. Oh, here it was one. Uh, Tim Webb asked a great question. What's a high end turbocharger, and how does that relate to the sloppy mechanics? Oh, uh, okay.
0: Well, some people also said so. You might want to start with this. I saw earlier in the chat. Would you ever do a sloppy style turbo? Which we all people might have picked up that you already started doing that because of this.
1: I have because of, and I didn't start off thinking I was going to do sloppy style turbos either. I started off thinking I was going to use, you know, Garrett ball bearing cartridges and sell two and $3,000 turbochargers to Chevrolet guys. But I quickly realized that the feature set that I was putting into a two or $3,000 ball bearing turbocharger wasn't a feature set that any of you needed. Yes. And there's not a really a reason for any of you to pay for it. Yes. There's not really a reason Um, for me to try to offer. Unless you have that five
0: percent outlaw drag radial like i say to like uh people about like uh, forced inductions people think i hate on like jose and i'm like you know what he is amazing at building a class killer once a month and if you are that one percenter you absolutely need what he's selling because he is innovating once a day (laughs) And uh, his do make like that 1% more than everybody else. And in that league where people are going 390, 388, 392, you absolutely need that leg on everybody. But
1: if that's, that's what I started with trying to do Chevrolet turbos. I started with that end of it. And I realized I was like, there's about six people to sell turbos like that to, you know, there's not 6,000 people like that to sell turbos to. So then I started to realize, you know, I don't even want a turbo like this on my own truck. That's when I started to realize, and this goes into Tim's other other part of Tim's question, are your turbos made in America with all premium parts or are they all China shit? He said, um, it turns out not all of that Chinese stuff is caca. Okay. Um, you guys have seen it for years you know you've, you've 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 seen ebay stuff you know uh richard's done plenty of dyno tests on ebay turbochargers you know um at, at the very least they work well for a while yeah. you know uh you know uh so it really kind of came down to me i was looking at the problem and it kind of came down to me i was like we well, you know what i need to do i just need to cherry pick the best chinese parts that i find you know, I've otherwise I've been you in can't turbo manufacture
0: business. it for the price people want to buy, and that's useless.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you can't offer the turbo this the, the six or seven or eight hundred dollar turbocharger that somebody's interested in, um, then then just go home. It doesn't matter. Okay. So if, if that's the you know, if that's the price point, the six hundred to eight hundred dollar price point for one of these turbochargers, you've got to use some uh Chinese parts to do. That's that. what
0: people are asking. What's the price point on the sloppy SFP turbos?
1: Okay, those are that's the HD series. So, so uh, my Chevrolet turbos, my truck turbos, so to speak, um, are in two categories: FP style ones and HD style ones. So, every one of those turbochargers that you see in our in our FP turbo section is either an HD model, a Happy Dragon model, okay, or a Force Performance model. The Force Performance ones are the ones, the models that I actually manufacture all the parts. I either manufacture them here or I manufacture them in Asia exactly the way I want them. The Happy Dragon turbochargers are me just pulling up to Chinese Turbo Walmart, grabbing a cart and just going in there and squeezing melons until I get all the perfect parts I want and put them in a container and ship them over here and build turbos with them. Yeah. That's how you hit the price point, though. Okay. And it turns out you don't have to have a billet heat shield for an extra $114 to do what you want to do to do burnouts and go get ice cream. You don't have to have a point milled compressor wheel that adds an extra $200 to the price of the turbo. You don't have to have um, a ball bearing cartridge. Uh, you know, you don't have to have a lot of these uh, these features um, to do it. Burnouts and ice cream. See, I, yeah, I knew I learned a lot from you. <laughs>
0: My you friend, so, uh, Joey, that makes the turbo manifolds, his, his, Sister or cousin is a graphic artist and she made these simply under the guise that he says it. So I think that's funny because I Mm -hmm. say it all the time. I'm like 100% burnouts and ice cream can be a goal and don't be ashamed of that because 90% of people want to do that and they just can't admit it or they feel ashamed that they're not going nines.
1: Somebody reminded me the other day that one of the things we're supposed to do in this life is the pursuit of happiness, right? Have fun. (laughs) <laughs> okay. imagine that's that. one of our things we have we can still do we can still pursue our You're allowed right? to have fun yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so so don't let things get in the way like a two thousand dollar turbocharger when you can get a seven hundred dollar turbo there's a lot that of money.
0: that uh money you can spend responsibly somewhere else to finish a car yeah, instead yeah. Of- yeah.
1: and that's one of the favorite things i love doing on facebook I'll, I'll see these threads and i'll see the guys going hey well should i buy this intake should i buy this should i buy that and i'm like You know what, man? I think maybe you spend some money on a converter,
0: you know? That's huge. We brought that up before many times. Converter Uh, is
1: huge. Converter gets overlooked a lot, and it's one of the most important, I think one of the most important components to having a really fun project. Yeah, it
0: makes the engine and the drivetrain and the turbo all work.
1: Yes. Yeah. All of that works together. You can't, you can't, everybody throws a 4L80 in there. I did it. You know what I did? I put the four L eighty in there. I never even looked up the gear ratios. Okay, I just did it because you said you know everybody says four L sixties don't use them, can't use them. Just four, you know, three neutrals. You know, first day out, right? So don't <laughs> even try though. Yep. You know, I believe that. I took it out. I I, I called up uh, Jake's uh, Jake's transmission here in Texas, and I got a really nice four L eighty from them. It's, it's it hadn't missed a beat in the two years I've been beating on it. Um, But what I didn't realize is that the first gear ratio is so much different than my 4L60. I put it all together and I go and I'm like, I'm going to do burnout today. Okay. And I'm like, wait, nothing, nothing's happening. You know, And, and I'm like, why isn't it going anywhere? You know, what the hell? What is the matter with this? You know, and Scott, you know, Scott yells at me. He's like, well, you didn't change the rear axle ratio. It's still a 370. And you did this to the first gear and you put the stock, you know, one ton van converter in it you know so that's what you get you know well you know it took another week later to put a 456 rear pinion in it um and that fixed it and then a converter fixed it even more so i have mentioned
0: before that people are so afraid to gear something and i'm like why do you need to go 130 in second no don't it's a really bad idea some guy was like what cam and what headers and what springs and what and and one of the sloppy groups and we're like bro put 456s in and people's brain goes in nuts. And we're like, you have a 33-inch tire stock. You have 327 yeah. gears. It goes 75 in first. No wonder yeah, it feels... Get rid of that. It feels awful. because yeah, it's terrible. It, it, 3,000 RPMs, like 40 miles an hour. Of course, it's going to feel awful. It, it, it feels like a turd when you put it together that way. And then they're like, yeah. well, because I always gear like... Even like my, my Colorado on the mild tune-up made 850 wheel... And it was 373s and a 28. And what I like to shoot for in a lot of the power levels I do is 50, 100, 150 with, you know, the first three gears. And and people have a car that goes 75 in first with 400 wheel. And I'm like, I don't think you're understanding. Because people are always surprised, I think, to know some of those cars had 410s and 373s. And they had oh, just about
1: everything that came with a 4L80 had 410s. Yeah, so that's what I everything. say to
0: people. Why are you happy with the two three twenty-three is
1: get it out garbage? Of there. Get it out of there. And or it go I, get you a 6,000 RPM converter.
0: Yeah, and I had a 28, and these guys have a 33, 31. I'm like, I don't think you're understanding the math there you're pushing against so much leverage
1: they're either not understanding it or they never even thought of it that's that's the pitfall i fell into i never even considered it nobody mentioned it to the me. gearing is like picking up 250 wheel no no cost oh ah, it was night and day when we put the 456 in it dude night and day man
0: and people are like it- so scared of that 456 i'm like you have overdrive and lockup and I, guarantee I do. It's, it's I have be...
1: overdrive and lockup, and let me tell you, I can run a 456 and a 28 inch tire. I can run down a highway at 3,000 RPM, going like 75. I was just—I
0: was literally going to say that 75 is 3,000 or less in most cars. Yeah,
1: that's what my truck does. And, and you know, I'm really—I—I I, I hope I pull it off. It's—it's it's kind of an ambitious plan, okay? And I really do hope I pull it off. But I really want to take the boost boosto on Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0 uh, later in the summer. Oh, that'd be awesome. and I want and, and I want to tow my camper trailer full of T-shirts and set the camper trailer up in the <laughs> parking lot and sell T-shirts while I'm racing. That would be awesome. And I hadn't said it out loud to a whole lot of people. Now I said it out loud to a whole lot of people. But uh, I, I really want to try to pull that off. And so one of the things I'm working on right now is just enough oil cooling, and transmission cooling and those sorts of things, so that I can pull a you know five thousand pound camper.
0: People there. continually ask me like, I want to tow and I want to have gigantic turbo. Uh, is that okay? And I'm like, uh, just the radiant heat and being able to scrub it is your only problem. The horsepower yes. is not a problem.
1: Ditching the heat's the trouble.
0: But when mm. you hit a eight mile grade and your trans temp uh in two miles yeah. is 250 yes. you're not Well, you got to be it.
1: able to lock that converter up and have it hold and not yeah. slip or you're just going to die in that transmission heat for yeah sure.
0: even like the like the i'm like guys running down the road making a bunch of hits everything else once you start towing something and your coolant H- temperature totally goes different. you got to scrub all the btus like yes. that's literally yeah. all there yeah. is for reliability is keeping temperatures in check there's mm-hmm. no other issue
1: mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what's cool on my Tahoe is uh, the four wheel drive version of the Tahoe has this aluminum skid plate that goes right underneath the the engine pan. Huh. Okay. So I put the cooler and the fan right on that and oh, put that right underneath it. the motor. It's perfect, man. Wow. It's great. That's awesome. Well, should we move on to the next? Yeah. Question? Yeah. Let's move on. I, I think that that's pretty much the you know the ones that I wanted to you know. Uh, just jump on right out of the box. These
0: guys say Zona stuff is art and Zona stuff is nice. So maybe you want to explain. So you have created like a HD series for Sloppy. And then you yes. have FP turbos. Like I've always known them as... What's funny is I didn't know about Force Performance or you, but people are like FP Green, FP Red, FP Black. and Without uh, even knowing what
1: that was. I
0: know that that's like something people do and it works well. And then there's Zona Rotor, which... I first was introduced to the Zona name because of, I have a friend named Jordan Martin and he runs them on like a high six second stock turbo location GTR. And then other people that use Zonas are Fat House Fab. Do you know those guys? Oh, real well. Yeah. Yeah. So they have like those 1500 R series stick shift Mustangs that make a retarded amount stick of power. Shift the Zonas. Yeah. Yeah. Stick,
1: stick shift record holders with 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 one of those cars. I remember um,
0: yeah. just a funny story. Uh, not to make any fun of Jeremy, he's their fab guy, and he drove one of those cars like a thousand miles. Went to a race. Banged out like an eight twenty and came home with air conditioning and everything <laughs> in one of those cars just to be like this to everybody. Yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm not a driver. I'm the I weld. Uh, yeah, I, I I help build them. I'm I'm not
1: a professional. And he's driver. like,
0: but, up up eight twenty, and then he leaves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so well, that's, part of that's the
1: Motec too. You know. Yes, and, uh, and if
0: people don't understand, that's pretty amazing for like a near four thousand or, or four thousand pound street car. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. wild.
1: Four thousand pounds in sixteen hundred horsepower, it'll go. You know? Yeah. know, uh, it'll go as long as you make sure that it's not going to break. Uh, very, deal with your Jeremy and Ben issues. are
0: good people. This guy says that's totally true. What he say? <laughs> this guy out of nowhere force-fed red says Jeremy and Ben are good people. I, I definitely they are, know that.
1: They're they're good people, man. They're real good people. I know them for I know those guys since the nineties.
0: I think Jeremy can build something more beautiful than most people have ever seen while he's sleeping. <laughs>
1: I you, it, it, if you think, man, if, uh, Matt, if you, if you think his headers and stuff are nice, you should see some of the jewelry he makes also. He oh, makes, yeah? Oh, yeah, I forgot make, he rings. makes that. Yeah. Oh, man, As a spare yeah. project. Some,
0: uh, the rings. I see the rings all the time. Mm, mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm, If people mm-hmm. don't know, look, look up Jeremy at Fat House Fab on, like, Instagram yeah. and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the Zona rotor stuff is the complete opposite end of the spectrum from my HD series. My HD series is I'm going to give you what you need, to, to party with 20 PSI on Chevrolets at, for, for the most affordable price point I can do it.
0: Obviously then, that's very popular now.
1: <laughs> it's, been, it's becoming more and more popular all the time. And you've, you've been a big part of that. But the, and then on the other side of the spectrum is Zona Rotor, which is like actually a motorsports grade turbocharger. Um, the Zona Rotor has, uh, uh, the, the Zona Rotor cartridge is a, is a variable preload ball bearing, angular contact ball bearing cartridge uh, it has an enormous water jacket for cooling in it. Uh, you can run these steady state at full output. These are, these are the kind of turbochargers, the materials that are in these and, the, the method of construction, the geometry of the water jackets and, and, the, the, the material that the turbine housings are made of and, uh, the, the shaft speeds that they can run. Um, it's not, it's not anywhere else. There's not any other products that are like that. Um, they, they can, they can run at a higher, at higher shaft speeds, higher PRs. Maintain better compressor efficiency. And with the UHF turbines, uh, they're just doing kind of almost witchcrafty style so things. That's what
0: Jordan was saying. Uh, the amount of horsepower per pound from like six to 60 is consistent or better. Uh, and I was like, what? He's like, we, yeah, from we, six pounds to 60 Yeah, see, it's different. Pounds. It's a
1: lot different because like a lot of the GTRs will run 60 pounds of boost. Um, yeah, know, I mean, he uh, tracks. Will run 60 pounds of base. He trapped yeah. like
0: 212 or 215 the last time I was there. I was like, wow, that actually makes a lot of power. And in my, in my opinion, the six-speed transmission that they use in GTRs is horribly ineffective because they have to like bounce the car out of first, hit second for like a quarter of a second, and then they can start accelerating. If they had a glide, the car would be
1: outstandingly faster. I, I I think people are putting GTRs together with, with different drive lines now. Varen yeah. is doing it. Yeah. He
0: started one like three years ago as like a pro mod, a 25.2 mm. or 25.5. I, mm. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, his,
1: his I think looks a lot like Tony Palo's, which has been going on a similar amount of time. but what it's I'm a very, annoyed very with. Very artful car, yeah.
0: Varen is too good of a guy to ever say it, but I always say it. He started that first, and when he dropped off his car, I think the rest of those guys were like, he can't be first, and they built their cars before him, <laughs> in my opinion. Because he dropped it off like three years ago. I asked him the other day when I was at World Cup, and it's been three years. And I'm like, these assholes have their car done in like one and a half. So <laughs> you spark something, and they never finished because they didn't want you to be the first.
1: Well, I don't. I don't think that was probably a conscious thing. It's probably. It's probably easy to talk about it that way, but, uh, but. But I don't know if that's exactly the timeline. It may it. not be because I see but, things in but, black but, and white. But, but it is such a great idea, though. The bottom line there is though that is that taking that GTR and the twenty five hundred horsepower you can make with it, and and then just connecting it to you know a a, a manual transmission or a glide or something like that with an actual rear axle from a you know from a Promont uh, turns it into a GTR ProMod, essentially. Yeah, I mean, like
0: I was like, imagine hitting. First, all the way through and being able to pour the power and then just clicking high and calling Mm. it in a day and the eighth. like Imagine the car is probably going to pick up a second.
1: And not break and not need another $25,000 transmission. Well,
0: actually, what did you say? How much the transmissions are?
1: 25K. Oh, I'm going to blow your mind. They're like 50. Well, I mean, to service it. I mean, you you buy it for 50. You you do some events. You got to send it back. It's 25K to every every time you want to
0: people you know, might not know but there's two transmissions a lot of those guys run there's a big tire GTR and a regular GTR so they run same tire size and then there's mm-hmm. a big tire GTR that has a larger rear tire so those are like $15,000 more because they have offset gear ratios for the smaller front mm-hmm. and the larger rear tire and mm-hmm. then the money is mm-hmm. like $45 to $60,000 for a trans
1: it's and a what, different kind of racing, man. It's a different kind of It's not a sloppy style race. No. It, and
0: uh, it, what it, Jordan was explaining to me is you screw up the launch or the burnout and you toast
1: the clutches. Quite, quite possibly. They're gone. Quite possibly. Yeah. You, you do warp it wrong. The you the know, steels and they're gone. You do it wrong and it's expensive. And that's what I was talking about the other day. I was at the dyno with my, with my Tahoe and it was floating and it started ticking and everything and I was just having, I was just laughing. You know, I was just laughing because yeah. it didn't cost $20,000. No, you know? it wasn't going to cost $20,000 to fix it. What We're am just I going to crash a set of free cylinder
0: heads? <laughs> you know,
1: it, it, it put it back together. No big deal. You know, no big deal. Um, but the Zona rotor stuff is, is, is that it focuses on uh, maintaining proper map to EMAP ratios all the way up to 60 or 70 pounds of boost pressure. You know, those things uh, can run tip speeds that you don't see in any other turbochargers. So the, the horsepower per size of turbo, the physical size of the turbo, you might have a turbo that's only this big, but you might be able to put 1100 wheel horsepower down with it. And they just they end up being, uh, you know, the, it's the other end of the price spectrum also. So it doesn't end up being a $700. It ends up maybe being a $2,700 turbo. Um, but if you want to run 65 pounds of boost, uh, if you want to run 65 pounds of boost on something um, and and have it work well, you've you've got to have uh, you've got to have all the right bits. And that's really what we focused on with Zone Rotor. Zone Rotor is a company that uh, we developed in conjunction with uh, tile. Tile is a cooperative effort from Force Performance and Tile to create Zone Rotor as a oh, 10 independent turbocharger company. So uh, you know, so and we have our own foundry in Michigan, so Zona Rotor and Tile have have their own foundry in Michigan, uh, where we cast the the turbine housings. Those are made in America. Uh, we machine all the parts for the bearing housings and compressor housings uh, there too. Um, you know, some of the parts, uh, some of the bearing, the ball bearings are made in America. Um, so, uh, there's a zona Rotor is is more of a just kind of the the opposite end of the spectrum from my Happy Dragon.
0: Yeah, people uh, like I always say. I think I've said it to you also. Uh, People are sometimes upset with the, they think that sloppy is like 100% China market and then they hate on that. And what I've brought up many times is uh, we use the cheap stuff to kind of inspire American manufacturing. Because a lot of times what I've found is we find the cheap stuff that works and then people on American manufacturing can... Uh, duplicate or work with that or learn from it for the customer base and do it better for less money uh, most times in my experience. And there is a whole user base that is uh, very sensitive to American only, and then they can do that. And I don't There think is,
1: I I, 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 that was something I struggled with a lot, actually moving into the sloppy environment, you know, the, 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 was the, uh, the embracing of, uh, of, of, of offshore manufacturing, the embracing of like you know the pride in it being bullshit Chinese parts. Yeah, you know, um, and it wasn't so much the pride in the being the bullshit Chinese parts; it was the pride in being a bullshit Chinese copy of my friend's part. Understood. Yeah, friend, absolutely. Yeah, you, know? you know, it's like so that was that's what bothered me about that part of it, and you know, I guess I just kind of had to learn to to grow with that and live with that. You know, that you know, yeah, tile wastegates are really good um but i guess they cost 150 dollars too much and so therefore everybody's going to use a chinese copy of it instead it's
0: tough right because you want to build you know, a car but you don't want to spend 600 dollars on a wastegate
1: uh 300 and something dollars but yeah
0: yeah well i mean if you have 230 if you have twins yeah 40 so if you decided to go twins all of your costs and then higher. you yeah. get like for 200 dollars, you get two and then even sometimes if there's a little bit of issues uh, again, for burnouts and ice cream, you you don't care.
1: For burnouts and ice cream, it makes little sense. And I don't even I I get it. You know, I get it. But like, uh, my friend, um, Adam Hodson, he was doing this um horsepower show thing uh, for Netflix. You know, and um, they had ten thousand dollars to build their car with. You know, And, yeah. and to say so to stay on budget, what did they do? They used the they used a Chinese copy of a tile wastegate. Okay. Yeah. What happened? They go to the dyno. They can't make boost. What's the problem? Well, the valve was bent right in the box. Yeah, I've seen so, them also where like the valve seats so, really high and they
0: never hit the seat or the know, fire ring.
1: So, so, you know, you just have, you know, you have, you have quality issues, you know, it's, 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 it's not so much that like, Oh, China, they don't know how to make things. Well, clearly they know how to make intercontinental ballistic missiles, they know how <laughs> to make warships, you know, they, they don't how to make anything they want to make. Okay. But there's also, there's also people that, that, that have factories over there that don't make things very well, and they don't even care to make, try to make things. Absolutely.
0: Very oh, and then shit. the other issue is you know? people here that sell it, uh, it's hard to 100% quality check it. And then also, so we've gone over this many times, and I'm actually gonna do like a tuner series on this because customers have grown to be bad. And then if your tuner's like, I won't touch this, they're like, this guy is awful, and I'm gonna write bad reviews. And and like it's such a weird market now. The customers always right thing has gone too far, and we want to like it
1: is a little too far because sometimes the customer uh, the customer causes a lot of his own problems and yes. it gets in his own way sometimes. Yes, it, because and you're. You could be sitting there ferociously trying to help a dude that's just seriously mad at you, and he's not going to get unmad. They won't listen. No. You and know, then the and issue... it's like, you're, I'm just really trying to figure out what is wrong so that when I fix it for you, you like me again, okay? it is, And I don't even think it has anything to do with anything you bought from me, but I want to talk to you for 45 minutes trying to figure out what it is yeah. so that you can realize I'm actually trying to help you. Yeah, you know?
0: and my uh, friend locally has a Subaru shop, and he will like help people on stuff and then they're mad about something irrelevant and they're not understanding that he already didn't charge for his time on something and they're mad still. And they're not
1: understanding that. How about the guys that, that go and give you a review when they didn't even buy anything from you? I mean,
0: what's awesome about what I
1: do is that doesn't (laughs) exist in my world. You don't sell anything. So you don't have a problem. I
0: understand (laughs) that struggle. And what I've also said is, uh, we've done, a, I think I've had Ryan Gary, the owner of uh, Area 1320 locally, a Subaru shop. We've had him on one of the older shows. And, you know, I said to guys, it's okay if you're building this yourself to for the expectation that you have. But if you're taking it to a shop, like he has insurance, he has rent, he has electricity, he has workers. He has what your expectation of is if he... Builds you a motor and it has a problem. He's absorbing the rebuild. He's Everything.
1: got a $15 an hour kid from high school his, that sweeps.
0: His overhead is <laughs> much more. So you have to understand that if I say a car was eights for eight, you have to duplicate that. You have to have mechanical ability. That means you
1: have to put the sweat into it. That's yes. the parts. And yeah. I
0: thought that that was conveyed enough, but sometimes people don't get it. And then they're mad that well, it costs a critic, money. you know. And I'm like, you're paying for his overhead and talents and experience. And if he doesn't want to tune a car with whatever wastegate, whatever injector, it's because he's anticipating there being a problem. There's going to be some kind of
1: problem that's going to result in you being dissatisfied and it being his fault. Be mad at him.
0: Mm-hmm, so yeah mm-hmm. there's a nice rant about that but that's a whole other where do we start this is my biggest problem i don't even how know did we, we get here i don't, I don't know. even know where we started go to the next question
1: yeah i don't know <laughs> well, you 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 got a question now go ahead your turn
0: oh uh so this is a this is decent first one i looked at why aren't there more reverse rotation turbos seems like there's a clear normal direction but the opposite is hard to find
1: yeah i i saw that one too and that there's a lot to say about that is uh couple of different uh, aspects to that, really. Okay, so in the beginning, there was Air Research and J, And you made tooling. You didn't want to make any more tooling than you had to. And Ford, Mercedes, Saab, and Volvo all used the same T3 turbo that turned one direction from Air Research in the 80s, okay? They didn't each have their own compressor cover. They didn't each have their own bearing housing. They didn't each have their own turbine housing um the the economy of it was such that they all used the same castings because garrett could supply a lot of them right and that's the parts they had as time goes on and cars have to get lighter more efficient uh better mileage uh you know we if we don't cast something with a 14 millimeter wall if if, if a 10 millimeter wall is all its needs okay we don't do that sort of thing anymore so so we come to like uh to a a Focus RS and the engine's got to sit right here and the alternator's right there and the the ACD pump is right there and the turbo needs to fit right here. What does Ford say? Whoever's going to get this contract is going to make this turbo fit right there perfectly. Okay. Well a lot of cases that ends up being something that turns the other direction so that that the way the housings wrap and fold, it packages well. So really counter rotating or opposite direction or what we call a uh, a left-hand rotation turbocharger um, is kind of a f- result of packaging. Okay. The first time I ever really encountered them was with the uh, Evo four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, because those, those, the, that was the packaging issue and that happened. And that's actually what caused uh, that's what actually called art caused our group to go into making billet wheels in 2006, OK, not because we thought billet wheels were cool, but because there were no other cast wheels that were bigger that we could put in the turbos to make upgrades with. So we started making billet wheels. But but what you see today now is since that has, you know, that that barrier has been broken and they, there are plenty of turbochargers that rotate in either direction, what you're starting to see in the aftermarket is uh, is is, uh, people trying to get a market share of aftermarket by saying, Hey, I'll double up on all my tooling and and make two sets of tooling to sell that one model turbocharger so that I can make them artfully point the same direction. So, so, so it's, it's started to be, kind of become a thing, you know, and zone rotor, we make several models that, that turn left, you know, in addition to our standard right models, you know, um, so uh Zone Rotor has what they call echo pairs. You know, PTE has counter-rotating pairs, Garrett has counter-rotating pairs. It's kind of a thing now. Um, and even Chinese turbos have counter-rotating pairs.
0: I have a set of VS uh 6762s that are V-band yes. inlet and yeah. uh and they look uh they're super fancy for me. They even have a compressor dip coating on them.
1: <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, I, my happy dragons are going to expand into uh, uh, you know uh, counter rotating pairs. Also, uh, when I moved into the market, I wanted to start with like about four turbos, you know, and just start doing it, you know, because you taught me that. You, you see what I'm saying? You see what I just did there? It's like a diner.
0: If you have get in
1: there and get started. Okay, if you have so I made 75 four turbos, things, I'll, I'll add the mirror stuff later. Yeah, you know, but you know, and and so so I, I'll add some I'll add some of of that probably for you know you know, the end of this year, the beginning of next year. Uh, but right now I just tried to, uh, to make some, some happy dragon turbos and some FP turbos for Chevrolet applications that uh, are just affordable, you know, and, and I didn't tackle the mirror thing yet. Um, if you got a real hard on for the mirror thing, you know, we do have Zonas that, that mirror. So if you're, if you're, if that, if the aesthetics of it is that interesting um, I definitely do have options for that, but it's the motorsports grade stuff that, you know, is just race car stuff. Um, I don't have any of the entry-level, you know, sloppy uh, price point level stuff that uh, that is married. But why don't you see more of it? Um, because everybody already has tooling that turns the other direction, and you know, quite honestly, it's it's not like tornadoes and the uh, hurricanes in the in the southern hemisphere versus the northern hemisphere. Is it's got no impact on what happens to the air? Um, there's there's nothing like that going on at all. It's completely a packaging uh, feature, um, really.
0: Here's a good here's a good question. Regular cars on here fairly I know him. Uh and he has a decent question here just for fun, like if you could summarize cool. it, if you know anything cool. about it. All of a sudden out of nowhere he goes, why did Borg Warner's stock tank in nineteen? Did they miss out on a big contract?
1: <laughs> That's fairly I interesting. Know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you're not Borg affected Warner's, by them. I would say that I would say that Borg Warner's probably one of the most useful and and, and probably financially happy uh, turbocharger companies out there. I mean, they 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 got a huge share of the market uh, for automotive applications, European applications. I would agree, they,
0: they, like almost everything stock is a Borg.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, you know, you, Mitsubishi still holds a lot, you know. Uh, you know, We've got how uh, the new McLaren 720s, Mitsubishi Turbos. All, yeah, McLaren all. 650s, Mitsubishi Turbos. Of course, all the Mitsubishi cars, Mitsubishi Turbos. Subaru, a lot of Mitsubishi Turbos on Subarus. Uh, Chevrolet Camaro. I've got a 2018 Camaro with a two liter LTG in it. That's got a Mitsubishi turbo in it. So, uh, Mitsubishi has a, a pretty good, uh, a choice, uh, you know, a slice of OEM, uh, turbochargers, uh, as well. But, but I don't know. I don't know what was up with, uh, stock in 19. 19- this guy here says
0: a Borg plant was destroyed. Now, is that similar to like when I heard the, uh, there's plants that, oh, that make, was a that was a tornado or something. Yeah, there's that plants was a that make nitrous oxide and a couple of years ago a couple of those plants had to shut down or also had issues due to EPA or who knows. I don't know. But then nitrous oxide quadrupled in price after that because it's just not as uh available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well it's definitely it's definitely a case where you could have big swings in in market price on on some of these things because they're not they're not produced in a lot of different places and definitely like Zona Rotors, is not produced in a lot of different places. You know, we make it in Michigan we make it in Texas. Um, and you know, with the, with the, uh, virus that we had this past year, uh, Michigan had a lot of restrictions on having businesses open. And, uh, it, it turned out that, you know, being American based, uh, ended up being a huge liability this past year because they had to shut down because yeah, the governor of Michigan would not let, com- um, um, uh, plants run.
0: Similarly, uh, Elgin is in Michigan, and uh, my rep there like took forever to get back to me about some things, and he's like, "Sorry, dude, we've been on like ninety percent shutdown. I haven't yeah. even been in here forever."
1: So there's, I mean, they they legit set up one eight hundred tattle lines for people to call and go, "Did your boss ask you that's to come unbelievable, back to work?" But believe not, <laughs> that, that's disgusting. But that's where well, we are. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, so.
0: Oh, man. So, well, after all that, pick a new subject, because we're so far gone, I don't know where we started. That's classical
1: fashion for me. Well, you know, uh, I like to talk about, I want to go back to that converter thing, because it seems like we always overlook that, and that's always uh, something, and I know we're supposed to talk about turbos, but... The yeah, turbo I, would has say, to, I would say I would say go through a converter. So. I would
0: say lightly touch on the converter because I have like a four-hour thing with Ryan Jans about blasting people with converter.
1: And, um. oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I just too many people forget and they don't even want to talk about it. And like and like it happened to me; it was a huge pitfall for me to 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 change the first gear in a four L eighty. It's and, like ninety percent right. of the combo is
0: converter. So do it.
1: Yeah, it is. It's like one of the first questions I ask when people say, "Hey, what side, what turbo should I use?" And there was one guy that's like. You know, every time I try to get on a forum and ask, you know, what turbo should I use, I get fifteen people say buy this eighty-eight millimeter, and fifteen people say run seventy-five, seventy-eight, seventy-five. You know, and with no real explanation of anything in the middle. But really, case and converter. A lot of it's converter. man. People a are like,
0: I want to what what works good, what cam and what turbo for a stock converter. I'm like, stop! You're never going to be happy till you just do the converter first. Yeah. Yeah. And then hang the turbo. and then Go ahead and just get a little turbo. bit looser
1: converter than yeah. what you
0: had. The converter you know? and a gear ratio is absolutely the first thing you should do. If you have no other money aside and you don't have the mechanical ability or like, mm-hmm. I not to be like weird egotistical, but I'm like, I'll do cam, converter, springs, turbo, injectors, fuel system all at once because I have a, a lot of experience in it. I know what to do. You know the recipe. But I'm like, the rest of you guys should just probably do gears and a converter. And then most of you are going to be like, wow, I can do, I can burn out from a dead stop. I can fry my tires whatever. And then you can even decide if you don't want to do a turbo at that point, you're already like, wow. Uh, yeah. You already got a
1: lot mucho gusto right there, man. Put some know?
0: money aside to hang a turbo on it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, like mm-hmm. I always said, the whole the whole premise of the "Don't BS me" build is I explain to people that 450 wheel in majority of vehicles is more than most people can drive with. It's
1: going to be really eye opening, especially if this is the first time you've done this. Okay? Especially a turbo automatic that
0: handles the shifts like an ADE. Uh, yeah. I would take people for a drive in my truck with the much dumbed down 487875. And they knew it was capable of like, I think I made 670 before blowing through my converter horrendously. And I would take them for a drive and they're like, wow, 650 wheel is absolutely retarded. I'm like, that's, that's five pounds of it. This is load. 500.
1: This is not 650. It's, it was
0: 400 wheel. Yeah, and people are yeah. like, holy shit, this is wild. Like, And then I would turn it up to uh, whatever made like about 650 wheel that the converter could cope with. And I do like a thousand foot, just stab the throttle and do a thousand foot burnout, like over a hundred miles an hour front wheel speed. Yeah. And yeah, they're like, they're like, yeah. this is scaring the shit out of me. Yeah, 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 I'm done. I
1: don't want it anymore.
0: And I'm like, this <laughs> yeah. is 600 horsepower.
1: You 600. see that thread all the time. It's like, okay, I'm aiming at a at thousand to 1200 horsepower. And that this was a 3,800
0: pound truck. It was 3850 and that was 600 horsepower. And people all the time would come to me at the dyno and be like, well, I have a Fox that weighs 3000 with me in it. And I want about eight fifty a thousand. And I'm like, this will literally make you vomit. It'll be so wild. Yeah. yeah, And if it's an ADE, I'd always have to have like a father son talk. Um, If it's an ADE and you stab it at 40, it'll ignite the tire and shift. If you don't have it in manual, if you don't have it in drive three, it will go mm-hmm. 200 miles an hour and lock the converter and when most people's brains are like lift, even if they it's, do uh I'm like you it's, are it, you should still going you should have lifted it's, 400 and yeah it's too late to yeah because yeah. you're already done and if you're <laughs> stupid and you touch the brakes, you're totally fucking done <laughs> you're Woo! already yeah you're yeah. you're totally done like you don't even get it we call those. Uh, for me and my friends, we call them a holder. They're in it way too long, and the ADE is up into high, 150 yeah. miles an hour like, wheel yeah. speed. So you
1: got front tires that are going 35 or 40 miles an hour. you got and rear tires that are going 120 miles an hour. If you're hour.
0: sideways and you touch the brakes, it is going to be
1: worse than sideways. It's go- yeah. yeah, that was the first thing I realized when I was in this truck. I was like, I think I'm not going to let off the brakes.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what
1: I try to tell people
0: uh, yeah. from my experience. I think I'm going
1: to stay in the brake the whole damn time. If you, you
0: are, know? I say like a, as a general rule of thumb, if you don't know and you're learning, if you are uh, left and right flat and you touch your wrists, you should start rolling into the brake pedal because yeah, what it's uh-huh. going to do is slow down the front. Don't and lift. Give you, it's don't, gonna lift. Give, don't lift. Because it'll probably <laughs> slingshot snap. you into the passenger yeah. seat.
2: Yeah. And or it'll upset heart.
0: the vehicle enough to put you into a yeah. spin out. But yeah. I'm like, if you roll into the brakes, it's going to grab enough of the front for you to steer back to normal. And yeah, I wanted st-
1: to hear this conversation before I found myself doing that nearly
0: dying, <laughs> rocking yeah, the boat. Right? I, I, there
1: was, there was one of the GoPros, I think on that, that burnout video that I did for the, for the Tahoe. It, I, it was lift really... throttle. <laughs>
0: it there was, was a lot of... It's the worst <laughs> noise. Is when you hear someone lift, you don't hear wastegate or turbo, and you hear...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're just trying to... I'm like, you need to get back into it, or you should have rolled uh, into the brake. You don't have to hold the brake the whole time, but it just
1: starts no, to... Just, just some pressure. Just yeah. like if you're rally driving, just put a little pressure into it so you've got something else going on.
0: And I think one of the issues is they'll see my videos, not to be, again, an egomaniac, but... I have a lot of experience. I always tell people, if I had learned how to do this years ago, I'd be dead. Uh I slowly learned how to make more power and how to drive with it to a point where it looks easy. And I that's
1: that's the scary thing about where the state of the art today. And I, 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 it bothers me sometimes, and I worry about it too much, probably. But that there's there's way too many cases where uh, where our best work that like you and I could have done for somebody. 10 years ago, was it terribly dangerous for them? But now my best work is incredibly dangerous for you.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, that's why I have that thing where I'm like, guys, this is a 750 rear wheel horsepower through an automatic 80 E car. This will kill you on the way home. It'll absolutely kill you. Straight up. Like please ease into it. Cause some Mm -hmm. of those people I'm like, what's your prior experience? And they're like turbo civic. And I'm like, I do not want to condescend on you, but holy that's a lot shit. different. <laughs> yeah, this will this will totally blur your understanding of what a fast car is. Cause I try mm. to tell them, I'm um, like, on on the dyno that I use, eight fifty wheel in a fox that weighs thirty three hundred pounds will go eight fifties or better. I'm to say that's
1: gonna be a really fast car.
0: Eight fifties at like hundred and sixty. And they're mm-hmm. like one sixty, and I'm like, yeah. Yep. Uh, And people are always caught up. I make fun of Kyle Loftus all the time, 1320 video. Mm -hmm. But people are making 2200 horsepower and trapping 150. And I'm like, 850 in a Fox will go 850s easily at 160 miles an hour. It's insane. They'll trap 130 something in the eighth. A lot of people don't understand an eighth mile is 660 feet. That's a city block in 100% of the United States. Yeah, so imagine going yeah. zero to 130 something in a in city, city block. block,
1: a stoplight. When I was a kid, stoplight. when I was a kid, we had a hot rod and first car that, that was, this was, this was a good question. To you. First car, first car was a hot rod, 66 Ford Fairlane, man, that, that car, I thought it was fast. No, it was not fast. <laughs> it was not fast. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, 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 you know, I had the luxury of like growing up with something that didn't want to kill me. Exactly. That's what I,
0: know? that's what I just said too yeah, earlier. It's the
1: same thing. The same thing you're talking about And in, somebody that, somebody that's not thinking about it very much might find themselves in a situation where they got a lot to handle. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, not hard to find yourself in a situation where you got a lot to handle. The art is so advanced now. Like I said ten years ago it was it was you were you were doing a really good job if you could take a four cylinder and make five six hundred horsepower with it you know uh, you, you were that was outstanding um that's that's kind of amateur level uh, on, on some of these 4G 63s now for mitsubishi's you know it, it, even amateur level stuff is 5 six hundred horsepower and the real the real fast guys are 1200 horsepower billet block guys now yeah you know? it's
0: absurd I always look at that uh I have shirts and I've met the guys from, uh, it is it Booston Performance?
1: Booston, yeah. They're Devin, always at Devin Schultz, World Devin, Cup. Devin and, Devin and Kristen have, Schultz.
0: Their cars are flying in the sixes with like a two liter.
1: Hey, Ed, you want to talk about a man that has no fear? Yeah. Car? Devin Schultz has zero fear, man. A that that guy will send it, <laughs> send it, send it, send it, man. Oh, here's yeah. a good one.
0: Yeah. I wanted to touch on this too. Someone just reminded me, and this is something I want to learn about also he said, did we talk about compound turbos yet?
1: No, we have it, but do we want to?
0: <laughs> part of me is
1: like it's a gimmick for diesel guys. Uh here's the problem. Okay, so on Chevrolets, we already kind of talked about how we're we're not really going up to the top part of the compressor map. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, compounding is how you get right off the top of the compressor map and stack two compressor maps right on top of each other okay so so what we're doing with chevrolet is, is we are not running 85 pounds of boost pressure we're not so ever, is compounds nobody. only relevant to diesels at all no it's only relevant to having really high pressure ratio i hmm. mean okay. the only reason you would have a compound is because your single stage turboing didn't give you enough pressure ratio so if you have a say you had a, one of the best single so stage you're too low you on the get. map is that what you're saying you're too low on. The, yeah. so you want yeah, to stack like, the maps, you know, say the map doesn't go high enough. Say you want to operate at an eight to one pressure ratio. Oh, but like the 8, eight back pressure buy,
0: to one pressure ratio.
1: Eight, eight atmospheres at the outlet and one atmosphere at the inlet. Can you? That's what I, pressure I, ratio is. Oh, okay. I said I wasn't going to do math. I might have to. Okay. I'm a, a, I'm a little ratio. bit lost with that those numbers, to be honest. Pressure ratio is what's the ratio? of the pressure at the compressor inlet versus the pressure at the compressor outlet okay so you take the outlet pressure divided by the inlet pressure that's the pressure ratio in absolute so say your compressor outlet pressure is a thousand kpa and say your compressor inlet pressure is in absolute is 100 kpa that's a 10 to 1
0: oh so you're talking about pressure ratio
1: I'm talking about how much boost are we running? Eight yes, to I'm one. talking about the compressor wheel. So yeah. one atmosphere and eight at atmospheres the inlet. at the compressor. I got one atmosphere at the inlet because I'm in the world yep. and we live in an atmosphere. Yeah. Okay. And then I have eight atmospheres at my compressor outlet. Yeah. That's an eight to one pressure ratio. Understood. Yeah, compressor so only. I had 14, 14 pounds of ambient pressure at my compressor inlet and I have eight times 14 pounds of pressure at my compressor outlet. Yes. So I'm running a lot of boost, right? Yeah. I'm running like hundred pounds of boost pressure. Yep. Yeah. So that's what, pounds. that's what diesels do. Yeah. Diesels. If you want to make a bunch of power on a diesel, you go this because the, again, the pistons, pistons weigh eight pounds piece. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? So we've, everything's overbuilt on a diesel. If you got a Kenworth or something like that, you can run 200 pounds of pressure on it if you want to, but you might have to compound three turbos in a row to, to get, go that high. Yeah. I understood. Now, on a Chevrolet, what's going to happen to the main caps if we try to run 85 pounds of boost pressure? We're going to push them right out Where the We're just going to just shoot, just shoot the bottom of the motor right out of there. So, compounding has almost no application for low boost applications. Or gasoline in general. Uh, Yeah, gasoline in general, but I don't know. My friend Shane Tacklenberg made 2,000 horsepower on a Nissan four-cylinder with a compound setup a couple years ago two what... two, ambi- two ambient inhalation turbochargers go into a second stage turbocharger and they ran like 100 something pounds of boost so three on that turbos. Some, kind of, some kind of gasoline three
0: turbos right so two small ones feeding a large uh t- two
1: it, it ended up being two three all three turbos ended up being gone almost, almost the same size actually ah. but you're on the, on compounding you inhale ambient temperature air, ambient pressure air so that's, you inhale a lot of volume of air ambiently. So, so, so usually your, your first turbo where the fresh air comes in. That's your big one that takes it up to about 30 pounds of boost. That 30 pounds goes into the inlet of the second turbo, which is smaller. Okay. Because the volume you've already compressed the air. So, it's, so now the second turbo is dealing with the volume of air. It wants to, it's dense. Now it takes it from 30 or 40 PSI, whatever your first stage was and, 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 now, its inlet was 30 PSI, and its outlet is going to be 60 PSI. My brain is it's, like... It's got a two-to-one pressure. I told you I didn't want to do math. We're going to have to have another you, episode on compounding. Because
0: I've always... <laughs> like this person, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, how do compounds work? And I've seen like the... Uh, are you familiar with the old Smokey, the California guy uh, that owns that Pike's Peak car? It's like a, it's like a really old Ford
1: pickup truck that that, that really slings up that triples
0: and doubles. And he did Pike's peak recently and Uh he's always had those. And he made a comment the one day I believe where he's like, everybody's feeding three turbos into each other and they're intercooling the last stage before the intake. And he's like, the biggest difference we've seen is intercooling each stage because he's like, you're saying it is
1: important to intercool between the stages. For, for more than one reason, for not just for, for uh, wow, we made we made a little bit better power. It's really important because you don't want to break your second stage turbo. When you have, uh, when you, when it's like say you're running 30 pounds of boost on your first stage turbo. Yeah. That is probably 300 Fahrenheit air. Absolutely easy.
0: I've seen that okay. of data logs okay. over that. So
1: that 300 Fahrenheit air goes into the second turbo. And then that makes 300 degrees. Then that makes it 600 degrees. Yes. Air, okay you're beyond the temperature limits of the, of that turbo now. Okay. So, so you're going to break compressor wheels like all the time, unless they're titanium compressor. Wow. Wheels. Yeah. So interesting. And if you have a titanium compressor wheel, you can no longer run an aluminum compressor housing. Oh, cause, cause it'll that, just break it. The cause pressure it won't contain it. Yeah. It, it's not safe. Yeah. Here's a funny one.
0: I'll just answer this guy real quick. I, this is something I know and you can agree or not. Why do some vehicles run such high boost and some don't? And that's a ho- entire cubic inches versus efficiency thing. If you take a seventy-eight seventy-five, it'll cap at eight hundred wheel because the cubic inches are trying to go through the turbine. And if you put it on a two JZ, it'll it'll flow more boost because it's an intake restriction based off of the cubic inches. Blah blah blah. So the smaller the engine is, so if it's a two liter and a six liter, the boost. Amount is different, but the CFM is the same. But the flow
1: rate's the same. Yeah, 600 yeah.
0: horsepower, yeah. 2 liter, and a 600 horsepower, 6 liter. How high
1: up the compressor map are you?
0: They're they're at the same. Relatively, let's just summarize. They're all flowing 60 pounds a minute. But yeah. the pressure ratio seems... Ex- so I hate that, again, when like... Yeah, piled. we're all...
1: We're, they're flowing the same flow rate, but one does it up here, and one does it down here.
0: Yeah, it's the and same...
1: It, it, and it's and it's often the case that the compressor does this. Yeah. And as you go up in pressure ratio, the turbo actually likes it more. The island is shifted, yeah. obviously. Now you've got efficiency islands that are here and down and you're at twenty pounds of boost, the efficiency sucked. But when you went up here to 40 pounds of boost, the efficiency, the efficient compressor efficiency was great.
0: And then turbine and camshaft and intake and head flow all feeds together compound all of that so if you take an ls engine that quits on a truck intake or relatively other ones at 6500 and then you take a honda engine that breathes naturally aspirated and peaks power at 8400 that that turbine part completely changes similar yes it does
1: it does the ve those motors is a lot different and what happens with the turbo is a lot different that's like what jordan martin had said about
0: gtrs and then Mm -hmm. also i've talked to jose before uh he says the turbo he specs like a 76 millimeter billet turbo he specifies for an ls the five liter coyote he puts a much larger turbine on. A larger for...
1: turbine wheel, well, it because they got
0: a better head, because the RPM and the cylinder head flow got a better cylinder to head, make yeah. the same power,
1: or also yeah, the five co- liter coyote runs a lot like two four cylinders.
0: Yes, the the everything just works better because the airflow is different. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's another one of those answers that's like wholly dependent. I'm sorry, and I didn't
1: answer it, but I answered it.
0: I hope people <laughs> get the gist of that where. I have seen obviously like uh Felix Hamilton on Sloppy Mechanics does a lot of 2JZ stuff with VS turbos. I've done a lot of LS stuff and I can make take a the Gen 1 billet 7875, one of my favorite budget turbos ever. 800 wheel is like absolute max. I've had some cars make 820 with that turbo and that's like unicorn cold weather day, you know. It's a unicorn like that. setup. That's the yeah. most. And then Two J guys are making like eleven hundred, and it's simply because the turbine uh, with the smaller cubic inches, it can get more airflow out of that turbine than a larger cubes creates more exhaust gas, and you get a backup sooner. So I hope everybody can understand and, 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 that. And the head, the head has a lot to do with that. That too. So the, I mean, an LS flows really well, but if you're putting eight cylinders into a seventy-five millimeter, relatively six liter versus a three liter. Mm-hmm. into the same and you turbine. have more
1: pulses too so and the pulses have a lot to they're, do with filling, they're filling they're yeah. filling it
0: it's like yeah. i always say to people imagine uh, a fire at a mall and everyone's trying to go out three doors if yeah. the mall is three stores and if it's six stores there's mm-hmm. a considerable amount of people well, trying never, to get out of those three doors so changes the
1: congestion completely so it
0: backs up sooner and people are shoving each other and mm-hmm. they can't get out mm-hmm. of the damn mall and that mm-hmm. seems dumb, but it makes a lot of sense to people. Well, you
1: you know you've probably seen a lot. Richard Richard does this test like once a year, of course. Think, yeah, right? people. You know?
0: I mean, the only issue I see with Richard now. I love Richard. He has so much
1: data and so many videos
0: now. All of a sudden, people aren't interested. Like they can't they can't absorb it all.
1: They can't soak it in. I tell you, yeah, yeah. I I, I see what you mean by that. You you it, because it's to the point now where he's he's uh, he's delving deeper into into topics and uh in the videos consider more topics and it's, it's a lot more it's a lot more in depth you know people it, ask it, it, and then he starts talking and they deer in
0: headlights and they're like i'm yeah. suddenly uninterested in this oh here's yeah. a good one robert what cam do you have in the boost hoe the tahoe well i'll tell you <laughs> let me dig that up for you boys
1: it's this one can you read that
0: it is a comp cams. Comp cam. So it is a two twenty three, two twenty five, with a uh, where do I see lift here? Mm, it's just giving you
1: the lobe lift.
0: Yeah, one fifteen LSA. So yeah, two twenty three, two twenty five is the larger what I see of average horsepower camshaft, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: So so that is a that that's a uh, on the on the lobe I got three fifty three. Lift yep. so on a one seven uh rocker that ends up being what like right at right at s- six hundred.
0: Lift six hundred. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't like, see like a one five lift there. Let me the tap card. on my
1: trusty Hewlett Packard forty eight GX here Dang. for a second.
0: So yeah, like a mid Six hundred so six
1: hundred lift, two two twenty, two thirty. Um no, no look, look, I'm even a little short on the exhaust, two twenty-five on the exhaust at fifty. Two twenty three on the intake. So so I've got a cam in here that, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't really be very sensitive to exhaust pressure.
0: Yeah, so that's what I tell people. The the mm-hmm. range that I see is yeah. the best average turbo cam is mm-hmm. like a 210 to 230, almost literally like a 215 to 225 average spread at 550 to 600 lift. They all do the same thing, in my opinion. And
1: If you want to order the same cam I got, uh, my Cereal friend number. Chris over at Comp, there's a serial number at the top. 402 293 20. Believe and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah. I'm not trying to make money selling cams, but I just like using comp cams because I can trust them. And, Richard and loves get, comp, also. I get really good parts from them and I've, I've used them for years. They made all my Mitsubishi cams. I sold, I made, I made probably 14 different Grimes of Mitsubishi 4G63 cams uh, and sold them for, I don't know, six, eight years, something like that. I, I don't, I don't, I kind of got out of the cams when the 4G63 kind of. You know, we're running out of transmission parts for them, so <laughs> <laughs> you know it's. That's another it, thing I wish like uh,
0: Glide existed for those people or a TH400. Well, we're
1: starting to figure out how to do that. We're taking Isuzu pup trucks and and Starions and any and anything else, and and we're just putting our motors into whatever we want. And I've
0: seen uh, a lot of those auto DSMs really fly now. Like all of a sudden something Let me happened. Share. Something happened, ladies and gentlemen, with automatic 4Gs, and they fly now automatically. This
1: is this is a compressor wheel that my friend Aaron Gregory uh, ran for a couple of seasons. And on all the blades, he wrote his records for me. You, can you read that? <laughs> yeah, read I can see like
0: a 477 at 159. So yeah. those eighth mile?
1: Yeah, that's eighth mile. And right. then there's a yeah.
0: 730 at 188, which is obviously quarter. 748 at 191. That's flying. Eighty three PSI it says on the one. And yeah. then I think I see a something at one ninety plus.
1: Yeah, is the uh, yeah. First auto uh auto all wheel drive at one ninety plus. Uh yeah, he, he, he won our annual uh, uh shootout 190 of Benton, Ohio, like four, in four a, years in a row. And a know. quarter one ninety is like
0: twenty four hundred horsepower probably.
1: Uh, well the, the lightweight four cylinder eclipse cars. So it's it's more like twelve, thirteen hundred horsepower. Oh wow. But, so really yeah. much lower than yeah. I expected. But that's an automatic transmission. This is eighty millimeter right across here. This is just eighty millimeter. Oh the inducer's eighty. Yep, just eighty millimeter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dang. That's wrong. Uh, it, but you're right. Yeah. So some of those automatic uh uh DSMs are really booking, man. And most of the red drag car guys are—you're either going into really expensive uh, custom gearboxes uh, and gear sets, or you're switching over to automatic to to keep racing. Yeah. At this point, because there's really not a whole lot of, of of parts available anymore. No. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right. Should we
0: jump to another? Choose one of your subjects here. I can ask one.
1: Okay. Let me uh, let me pull my list up and see. If there's one I
0: haven't gone over yet. Um, let's do, let's do non-car things. Cause a bunch of people ask pretty cool questions. Okay. Basically non. So I think this is cool. And this is something I almost wanted to do with a lot of my guests where ask like non-specific. So to get, get, there's control.
1: a non, there's a non-turbo question on there. There's Pizza would like. topping. Okay. It was, what is my favorite movie? Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have, I have some movies that I really love. Okay. I love Plan Nine from outer space. Okay, I don't think I've it.
0: ever seen that. I have to write it okay. down. Uh,
1: I love uh, I love a movie called Green Slime. It's another 60s, uh, early 70s uh, sci-fi movie. I like I like uh, 60s genre sci-fi movies. I watch a lot of that. So um, there's a series of uh, like almost spaghetti, not a like lot spaghetti western, spaghetti sci-fi's uh, from Italy in the late 60s. Uh, Wild Wild West, uh, War of the Planets, um, Green Slime. Um, I, I like sixties era sci fi uh, movies. Those are those are my favorites. So that's my happy place. And uh, and as far as uh, what I like to watch when I'm going to bed, man, it's a Star Trek: The Original Series. Nothing like watching Kirk and Spock solve some huge planetary issue and uh, and ha- and wrap the whole thing up in an hour. So Kirk and Spock are my favorite. And uh, and 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 those other uh, those other uh, sci fi movies I mentioned, Wild Wild Planet. War of the Planets, Green Slime. I'd what almost somebody...
0: agree. Like I'm not a huge, obviously. Like I like sci-fi because a lot of films are that, and I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. But those old, uh, man, I'm just totally skipping on his name. But the old school Captain Kirk, like just for ridiculousness and funny. Uh, what was his name again? You just said.
1: Oh, uh, uh blah, blah, blah. Why did you do that to me now? I, I don't it's know. Gone Kirk's now. Name. Now. It's gone. Somebody's Cap- going to type Captain it. Captain Kirk. The original somebody types it. That, 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 type it. What? Oh my God. Uh, somebody shoot me. I don't deserve to live now. Uh,
0: wow. It's gone. See what I did. I just ruined it. You killed me with that. William Shatner. Shatner, Shatner, Shatner. Thank you, Shatner. Thank you yeah. chat. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank the dynamic. Oh I, I even made my, my profile, like a uh, background picture, uh, huh. The guys like Spock. He says, "Don't do the thing," and he, Kirk is like, "I'm gonna do the thing," and I'm like, "That's totally me." Like people are like, "Don't okay. do oh, yeah. that."
1: Okay, there's a, there's a, there's one Star Trek episode. It, it's a, it's called Arena. Okay, there's a lizard guy. I've and seen it. Guy, okay, so so the lizard guy blows up. They they blow up an outpost on the planet. Okay, and then uh, the Enterprise shows up, and the lizard people they bail. They're like, "Oh shit, we're busted." So they 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 scat. Right, Kirk goes after them. And he just keeps going warp six, warp seven, warp eight, you know, and, and, and Scotty and and, uh, and, and uh, Spock are like going, oh, my God, man, what are you going to do? And, and at one point, you know, he goes, oh, he ups the warp one more time, you know, and, and uh, Scott, uh, 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 Spock turns around to him, to Kirk and goes, Captain, they might be faster than us. And, he, and Kirk, you know, way only Kirk could do, he looks over and he goes, well, they're going to have to prove it. They're like,
0: oh my god, I love that. (laughs) I just like the how different he was, like the pausing and ridiculousness, and he never apologized for being so ridiculous. And that I admire that. He's like, I'm ridiculous.
1: I I, I raised two sons. They're 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 19 and and, uh, 18, 19 right now. And the whole time I was growing them up, you know, we watched sci fi together. I just it's our thing. We like watch sci fi together. And uh, I always told him, I was like, you should always be yourself, man. Unless you can be Captain Kirk, then be Captain Kirk. (laughs) Some guy just writes, there's something on the wing.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And then this other guy, I actually knew this because I'm a retard about uh, pop culture. He says, fun fact, Michael Myers' mask is actually a Captain Kirk mask. And I knew that. What they did is they took it and they spray painted it and modified it. And that's the original Michael Myers' mask is a Captain Kirk mask. No kidding. I actually I knew that, that not to be a jerk, but... Uh, I didn't know that. That's pretty interesting, though. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, so, like, when you see that and it's terrifying, it's uh-huh. Captain Kirk. It's, it's literally... It's William Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> it's William Shatner. Is that terrifying when he's uh-huh. stoic holding a knife. In it's his hard to believe how speed. old
1: he is now, though. You look at him, he doesn't even look old.
0: Yeah, I not Like, I he's don't doing even, the
1: Ancient Aliens show now.
0: Now that you said that, I don't even know how old he is because it doesn't matter. He feels like he's 56 no matter
1: what. Yeah, he's just... He's TJ Hooker. He stopped right there. Yeah. Anyway,
0: uh, another... You never watched T.J. Hooker, did you? I don't know that at all, so that'll be something.
1: That's okay, Mr. Born in 1983. 84. 84. But yeah,
0: there's a lot, obviously. (laughs) There's stuff I
1: don't know, and I don't have any That's okay. That's okay. It's got nothing to do with with making Chevy's go fast. Yeah. So here's (laughs)
0: another one that I think is good is, what's your go-to pizza topping? I'm interested.
1: Oh, yeah, just meat lover, man. Just all the meats. All the meats, you know, the the sausage, sausage hamburger, bacon, everything, and and I order a lot of pizza, man. Uh, I I like pizza on Fridays. I order you know six, eight, ten pizzas, and uh, we just we just kill pizzas on Friday. Everybody at the shop always meat lover ones, man. Yeah, well, there's uh there's 13 of us working here, so yeah. I I always I always treat on Fridays, and it's always it's almost always pizzas or fajitas. or it's a nice little Asian restaurant around the corner now. Uh, and, uh, so sometimes we'll get stir fry and rolls, but you know, pizzas. you must must not have a high turnover rate with giving people pizza. No, I don't have a very high turnover rate. Oh man. I I keep people. I don't, I don't like to see them coming. I
0: would stay around too.
1: No, no. I like my people and and I, I, at least I think my people like me. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Um, Okay. Do you want to, you choose one now, since I did, I chose a bunch. Um, How much back pressure is too much? Well, like we, we already answered that. I believe.
1: Uh, there was one, it was like, Hey, when does it not make sense to, to do a compressor wheel upgrade? Rory Mallory, R- Rory Malloy. Sorry. Oh
0: yeah. That's a friend of mine. Yeah. He asked a bunch of different
1: questions. And this one I liked, and I highlighted this one. At what point does upgrading a compressor wheel become pointless? Okay. If you're already not using the compressor wheel you have, then upgrading the compressor wheel is pointless. Okay. So, so if you've already got a five-gallon bucket and you're only carrying four gallons of water around, why do you need to go get a seven-gallon bucket? You don't. Uh, is it that, now, now, how does anybody know how much water they're carrying around? How does anybody know how much air they're moving? Um, shaft speed, EMAP, power, fuel injection, uh, pulse, you know, AFR, calculated minute, airflow like rate said, yeah. off your mass flow meter. There's a variety of ways to get an idea of how much air you're moving. You can go to the dyno. If you dynoed 700 wheel horsepower, you're probably moving 75 or 80 pounds a minute of air. So if your so, back
0: pressure is really low... If your rack pressure is really low, and you're not making any horsepower, you're not really, your compressor upgrade is redundant. Right. If you're not using
1: your compressor, if you're not either going to overspeed or, you know, near the choke flow on your compressor, then upgrading the compressor is probably not going to help you, you know? And I, I see that. That was kind of the question I said, you know, my friend sent me some data logs the other day. He's like, hey, Robert, where do I need to go with my turbo after this? You know, I think... You know, I keep turning it up. It didn't make more power. You know, that was the whole seven pounds of uh, pressure drop in the intercooler problem, though. You know, it wasn't that he needed a bigger turbo compressor wheel. It was that we needed to improve the pumping losses through the intercooler and the pipes. You know, so a lot of times you think, oh, you know, I need to do a compressor wheel upgrade. I, I, I'm tapped out. I keep turning it up. It's not making more horsepower. Maybe it's not making more horsepower because of the EMAP. Maybe it's not making more horsepower because the V, the motor. You need some sensors. You need to do a little data logging in order to figure that out. Data log your EMAP, maybe add a shaft speed sensor, maybe put a channel into your data login where you're going to go ahead and log your mass flow meter or something like that, where you can get an idea of where you're at as far as, you know, how much CFM you're using versus how much CFM this turbo is supposed to have. And you know if it's a thousand cfm turbo and you're using seven hundred, well, you don't need to do a compressor upgrade.
0: Yeah, something else. AR cam. Yeah, input, yeah, yeah. Maybe some, something else is there's getting. There's an airflow wrong. deficiency on on the. There's back a end. potato
1: in the tailpipe. A I potato, always say. Yeah. Okay? Go find it. Go find it. And people are like, well, there's not a potato in my tail. Of course, there's not. Okay, but there's something wrong. We talked about but the '90s,
0: doing- the cumulative edition of all the 90s is yeah huge... i've learned yeah. that over the years 90 have 90, you seen 90. people
1: that will take a com- weld something onto a compressor housing and if they took they started with like six 90 degree elbows and they pie cut them all and it comes off and it goes like this and it turns like that
0: and people go wow beautiful fabrication that And my brain's sucks. like oh my god what, I, what, what a waste
1: was right of everything i'm gonna go i'm gonna go grab one of those i'm gonna be right back because i want to i want to show people what not to do on a compressor housing when you weld an elbow on it. I'll be right back, okay? You you cool if I step away for a second? It'd probably take me 15 seconds to go get this, okay? Yeah, we're here. Oh,
0: man, we got a bunch of questions here, too. The AR stuff is pretty good. I'm interested in what he has to say about that. I think we touched on some AR stuff, but it'd be interesting to hear him say, obviously it's like a power band shift. So I think he had touched earlier about the turbine running out or something else happening. And then the AR switches most useful. Uh, This guy says, how's the family? Everybody's good. My wife and child are very good. Yes. Lots of information tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why isn't you were in here? Who's that? What's your favorite high ethanol content beverage? Well, we'd have to ask, who's that for me or Robert? It looks like Robert's drinking like, uh, I think he's cracked a Miller Lite or two. I told him that was absolutely fine. He was wondering the expectation of professionalism and I said it would be no problem. This guy says Shatner with a nine inch kitchen knife is pretty scary. Yes, absolutely. Uh, oh man, what are we going over a bunch of stuff here? Twin 7275s for a 4.8. I know 70, what is it, 73, 6973 billets, like the S366 style Borg Warners, uh, twin 6973 billets are incredible for smaller LSs that will make like 1100 wheel through an automatic, if you need to know that. Uh, Disco Potato stuff is something I'm 50% familiar with. But yes, sizing a disco potato correctly will be huge from making like average horsepower from 3,000 to 7,000 versus 5,500 to 7,000. Yeah, if it's not sized correctly, there's a huge difference there from like a 2860, 2871 to the 3071 like you mentioned. This guy says, I like what you're saying. (laughs) Thank you. This guy says sing. Uh, I don't think my voice is good enough for singing. My child might disagree. Matt, do you play video games? I don't have time much, but what I do have is like a retro pie setup, and I love playing Super Nintendo games. Super Nintendo, like Bomberman, uh, Super Mario, stuff like that, really good. Ken has a rear wheel drive Talon with a glide in it. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> All right, I just went through like a bunch of backlog stuff. Okay, um, good.
1: We're ready for you now. The little housekeeping. Okay, so so like a lot of times you wish your cover had a ninety degree elbow on it. Okay, this the transition of this is really nice. This is engineered to be this and have this ninety on it. Okay, this is not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a uh, compromise with packaging that shouldn't happen. I know that.
1: Somebody had a lot of wanna, okay, right here. They had a lot of wanna. That's that's look how many different pieces that is. Just knock.
0: That's like 60% of what you should get right at those yeah, So
1: so so you know what you, you see this happen a lot so people can fit things and then what'll happen is that they'll run it, they'll set a record, they'll try to set another record and the next thing you know they'll send it back to you and and this this wheel has exploded. Okay. And the other one on the other side, which looks more like this is not exploded, but this one is exploded, (laughs) you know, and, uh, you know, why? Because there's a lot of loss to do this. Like I was talking about this air is going really fast. It does not want to, it does not want to do all this. Okay. It does not want to do all that. And that you pay for that. You pay for that with cash. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Cash, gold, or Bitcoin is what you pay for this with. Okay. <laughs> this hurts you. This hurts you. Stay away from that. You know, that, that is loss. That, That's So somebody looks at a data log and they go, wow, you know, they, one of my turbos is running a lot more RPM than the other one. You know, what's something wrong with my boost, my, my, my gates or something like that. You know, well, no, it's probably this, you know, if you've got this on one side and not on the other side, this is probably what's causing your speed, Uh, On on bank to bank not be the same This sort of thing
0: Yeah, absolutely This guy says (laughs) show the turbine housing with the Flat flat section to clear Frame rails and I think he means On a GTR and some guy Oddly enough I was thinking of this exactly When you showed that he said it looks like Your old Colorado comp cover Setup and yeah And what's funny is that combo made Like 90% of what most people Do and I knew it was bad And we had done tests, I don't think I ever showed, where we went straight from the turbo into my intake, because I had kind of a 180 to clear my weird fender front end, tiny front end situation with the Colorado. And I made an intake pipe that went, I flipped my turbo over and it went, it was like a beautiful 45 sweep to the intake and it made the same power on low boost, non intercooled. So I was not giving up anything. And then the other thing we did is I had this like 90, 90, 90, not, not really maybe like very minute pie cuts in like a shitty direction
1: all Mm -hmm. the way to
0: the throttle body. And then we did, I did, if you search for it, like sloppy mechanics, uh, it says pretty to shitty intake pipe tests. And I had like a awful looking intake pipe and a really beautiful like twin 45s, perfectly smooth. And for at least that application, it didn't cost any horsepower. But I know when I see that, that's not a good situation. Well, see,
1: you know, at, at 20, and, and this is again, this is like what's 15 PSI is way different than 60 PSI. Yeah. Okay. And so, so you might be able to get away with this if you were going to run a two to one pressure ratio, if you're going to run 15 pounds of boost is a two-to-one pressure ratio, okay? 14 pounds ambient at the compressor inlet, 28 pounds ambient uh, uh, absolute at the compressor outlet. That's 15 pounds of boost, 14 pounds of boost. This is probably not going to kill you when you do that. Now, if you put this on a GTR and you go, hey, man, you know, this is the final, so we got to turn it up, um, and we're going to run five more pounds of boost, and that's going to put us at 58 PSI now, this is going to kick your ass right here.
0: Yeah, because I, uh, on that application... I would make like 990 wheel and low 20 pounds of boost. Not mm-hmm. that much pressure.
1: Yeah, 20 pounds is not, I'm not doing a whole lot of, uh, that's not a lot of turbo work. And then that also, was the other reason I got really excited about Happy Dragon. I was like, you know what? This whole application, it doesn't need compressors that work at 65 pounds of boost pressure. We can run way simpler compressor wheels for this. We're always only ever going to run a two and a half to one pressure ratio. All we're ever going to do is run 20 or 25 pounds. And that's where I see,
0: I can, I can tune a car with almost no sensors. And when I see it go from 20 to 10 pounds per pound, 20 horsepower to 10 pounds per pound. I know, I know it's at two to one. I don't need to look at it. You don't have
1: to put a sensor in it. You already did before. Done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then what I thought was mirrored exactly uh, when I started looking at data. Mm-hmm. And then I would see sometimes a larger turbine would do the exact same horsepower, but with one-to-one boost.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like a funny thing. Uh, and then people, it's funny, people ask me like, how well, do you see, your... that's,
1: that goes back to the whole like sometimes that back pressure doesn't hurt you if you've got the right cam and cylinder head. doesn't matter at
0: some point. Yeah, and then... What you will see is like uh, transients the same, a bunch of stuff's the same, and you spent way less on a turbo and didn't have to run a five inch downpipe if you're not using. uh, If you're not going
1: to turn the boost up, it really is going to be fine to run a seventy eight seventy five. And that's why I keep saying the seventy eight seventy five is the
0: most flexible because I've done like eighty eight eighty threes, eighty one oh threes, eight. You know, and Mm -hmm. they're so close that the money spent versus the. Um uh, outcome if you're not going to scrutinize over every detail of the engine mm-hmm. is simply not yeah. worth it.
1: Yeah. Well that's and that's why, you know, building a seventy-two seventy-five and a seventy-eight seventy-five with some of the first, you know, items on my list, you know, for for what to add into my uh, you know, my budget my budget build category, you know. So and I, and we do have a really nice seventy-eight seventy-five, a really nice seventy-two seventy-five right now to to fill that.
0: To oh, fill that I was step. gonna say quick, I'll ask you a question. Did you ever look at data? So say you have one of those turbine out or compressor outlets that has fairly straight nice flow versus all of those nineties. Have you ever looked at at sixty pounds is the intake air temperature wildly higher on the one that has so much No, it, it doesn't
1: change the temperature What it does it, it those those restrictions on the outlet changes what shaft speed it takes to move the air through it. Oh, so the shaft speed through the roof and that's the Gas speed goes through the roof. Yeah, yeah. So what you end up having you 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 put these compromises on the cover, you end up paying for it with shaft speed. Shaft speed, how do you buy shaft speed? You buy it with EMAP. Interesting. You pay for your shaft speed with drive pressure. That's how you get shaft speed. So and then, doing, doing this sort of thing drives your turbine pressure up and it drives your shaft speed up. A good
0: one here, like I like, this would be interesting to know, because you know the whole math and flow aspect, and I just know what I know. But it says, how do you feel about wastegates mounted directly on, he says compressor versus He's downstream, but I know yeah. he means on the turbine versus pre-turbine yep. in the piping.
1: I used to be really vocal about this until I realized, again, we're trying to run 15 pounds boost. Okay. So, so the fact that we're using so little of the turbo means that we get to, we get to um, have fouls Yes. that we, that we don't have to That's what
0: I say to people all the time. You can make a lot of mistakes and this thing will still work. We,
1: We get to, you get to go ahead and hit that easy button and put that wastegate on that turbine housing, you know? Um, and uh, it doesn't get in your way at 15 pounds of boost. So at- now, if you were gonna try to go take a 72, 75, and run a hundred horsepower on it, and a two liter uh, four cylinder Honda or something like that, you wouldn't get away with that shit. It's got to get dumped before it, it would gets. It up. Yeah, it would. It, it would mess up what the turbine does. You would not be able to put enough power on the shaft. It would not work right, and you you would not reach your goals. Or it would but not. But the fact or- that your goal is so short. You're so close to your goal already, you know, that that even, even doing that wrong with the turbine housing doesn't cause a problem. You know, the only thing you're trying to do is keep it to five PSI. It limit air okay? pressure. So if it's a big ship, say it's a big ship and it's got this big sail on it and it's like, oh my gosh, we got to slow this boat down. Okay. You can either take the sail down or you can cut a big hole in it. <laughs> Okay, taking the sail down slows the boat down, but so does cutting a big hole in it. Okay, yeah. and so people go, "Oh, I control booze. I never had a problem controlling booze like that." Of course you don't. You slow the boat down if you cut a big hole in the sail. Now, is that the best way to slow the boat down? No, no, because someday you're going to want the sail. So, <laughs> here's an interesting question
0: that I have: Do you find that in my application where I would put the turbine or the wastegate on the turbine? Would I see a horsepower gain putting it
1: pre-turbine? Uh, you'll see a back pressure improvement. Okay. Okay, is what you'll see. May or may not show up as power, depending on your cylinder head camping, Yeah. So okay. back pressure so, will be
0: lower, dumping it before properly. the turbine.
1: Yeah, properly. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. Also, by interrupting the volume and putting the wastegate on the side of it, you're uh, introducing side loading to the turbine. So now the journal, the the, the uh, floating journal bearings, which are supposed to only hold the shaft centered, now have to deal with a side load of the wastegate opening and closing. The it's, wastegate it, opening it's and closing. It's it's it, it'd be like putting the, a belt on the nose of a crankshaft for a blower and pulling the pulling it this way. Pulling it one direction. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have wear. and You're going to have problems from that. Are you gonna have it this prop, this summer on your way to go get ice cream? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but motorsport
0: record breaking Yeah, motorsport
1: stuff, no, you'd never do that. You'd never do that. It's gonna affect your turbine efficiency, it's gonna affect your ability to put power on the shaft. And then my or... other
0: question is the flow
1: change on doing that on
0: a turbine. Does it fuck with the turbine like the absolute
1: nice yes Yes, flow? it would. Yeah, it actually you're gonna you waste the flow. You're gonna reduce the flow through the turbine. You're gonna you're gonna have wastegate flow that's great, but you're not gonna have turbine flow, and that's that's why you're not having power on the shaft anymore. Because that's what because you're saying. Putting it
0: pre-turbine is much more effective. In most much education.
1: more effective. Yes. It, yeah. From an academic perspective, yes. Does it make a difference at five pounds of boost or ten pounds of boost? Yeah. You probably can't It's something measure. for people to consider, which is like I love to give people is. For what
0: you're doing, no. For what you want to do, maybe. For what you have a record-breaking car, it—it's the sum of all parts, is what I always say. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm—I'm—I'm I, uh, I'm, I'm not mad like I used to be about when I when I see people do that. I used to be the guy, and you know, I I still jump in when I see people doing aluminum downpipes. Um, but uh, I used to jump in when I saw people drilling the with the saws on the turbine housing. Like, now I just think it's great. You know, yeah. I mean. It's a great way to make it fit in that engine compartment. It's a great way to go ahead and make five or 600 horsepower. Because in my
0: a opinion, a lot of people can't visually understand where it should be and what size they need based off of engine size, turbine. It's a lot of stuff that's experience driven and people will mislead you. Uh, putting it on the turbine fixes 90% of that if you don't have a wild... It does.
1: It fixes 90% of it in the fact that it slowed the ship down. Yep, exactly. You like got to realize said. that it, now you're gets it, the ship, it, it gets it done. We slowed the ship down, but now we're heading across the ocean in a ship with great big slash in the sea. There's a
0: lot of trade-offs, but yeah. for mm-hmm. most people, it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Here's a good one too. Blow-off valve at the throttle versus at the compressor outlet. And I would add to that, I've seen a lot of cars, especially like coyote cars they put the blow off valve on an end tank or a pre-mass air meter and other weird shit
1: i don't think that is really a battle worth fighting as long uh, as, as it gets the pressure it, off yeah, the compressor to, to argue for it being at one location or another i really don't think that's a hill worth dying on um there's there's not enough of a difference there you know i would say if you if you wanted to protect the turbo the most you might have it closer to the turbo Okay, my you know, my summary but, also, yeah, you know, but but really letting that hundred pound a minute air column go somewhere, anywhere, yes. anywhere is really what you're trying to do. You're letting trying to let the dog out of the house before it pees on the floor. Like you I know, always say, you gotta get it out of there.
0: I enjoy. I've always done T six T four. Like you showed the half inch versus the quarter inch. Nearly, I'm mm-hmm. like I I would always say to people because I'm a hammer. I'm like, I love to hear the air shooting out of the compressor inlet, backing up so much that it's sneezing out. Then uh, make
1: sure you get this shit.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> I have this much mechanical sympathy, so I don't care. And I mostly don't have an issue, and I love hearing them uh, back up. As much mm-hmm. as I like hearing a large Borg Warner turbine slowly whistle up to like a jet airliner whistle, mm-hmm. uh, that's cool. So I don't really care
1: about backing up an S four eighty at all. No, you're you're not gonna, and especially like I said, fifteen pounds of boost. You're you're not you're not doing anything to it that it can't handle.
0: Yeah, when you try to reverse that shaft at whatever, it doesn't care because it, it doesn't happens. reverse.
1: It keeps going the way it was going. It it, it does it. the the blades don't bend. The blades are thick. Uh, you know, uh, I'd love to see like well, you've probably seen it, so
0: that's how you answer that question. But I'd love to see turbo speed. Data log versus like me. Oh, I... now
1: the blow off valve does a great job of keeping shaft speed up between yes. shifts. So if, well, if you've got a clutch, just, just forget everything we've just been talking about. Put a blow off valve on there so that your speed stays up. Yeah, you got an automatic throttle body's always staying open, your shaft speed stays up anyway. I'm glad you brought okay. that
0: up because 90% of what I do is turbo autos, but I've said the same thing. I had a turbo Civic with no blow off valve. And it would crush the transient between gears. Yeah. And cause I
1: because the RPM goes from near max to zero near almost.
0: Minimal. And yeah. then it has to climb all the way back up. And yeah. I actually put an eBay blow off valve that didn't leak and everything else that I had set up correctly. And it was night and day keeping the turbo spinning and not yeah, backing between it off. Between shifts.
1: Yeah. 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 It makes so it So that's bigger. something people should know mm-hmm. also. Mm hmm. Hey, uh, see if you can find another good question, and I'm going to step off for just a second, and I'll be right back, okay? Okay. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents.
0: We went over twins versus single. Uh, Ball bearing versus cast versus machined, like uh, center sections and whatnot are pretty good. Why are compound turbos full of magic sauce? We went over that a little bit. Top three movies we went over. Speed sensors for exhaust gas turbos. Here's another one, twins versus singles. What do you guys think we should have him go over next? Blade counts, effect of airflow versus certain pressure ratios. I mean, that's a complicated one. Maybe he can go over. This is good. My wife asked. This is funny that it's her. What led you to manufacturing turbos and what was your first fun car? We should do that next. Not just because. It's my wife, but that's a fantastic question. I always like knowing where people came from, what influenced them. Obviously he knows a lot and he sells turbos, but why, why does he do it? So we'll do that next. When running back pressure issues, when would you go to a looser AR versus larger turbine? He did touch on that a little bit. Maybe we could have him elaborate. He was saying, uh, if the pressure ratio doesn't affect your overall horsepower, the smaller turbine will get you more power sooner if it doesn't matter up top kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing for him, but I think that's what he, that's what I understand, and I think that's what he is at also. Uh, what AR is right for your combo? S- similar thing, like if you want it to light sooner, the smaller AR. If you want more top end power... Choosing the larger AR is more intelligent, Uh, and that's also a product of I think cubic inches and everything else. So, talk amongst yourselves. I'm becoming verklempt. now. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, my wife asked two good questions, and I said not just because it's her, but because they're far and away from what we've been talking about. And I think it is a nice keynote to why you do what you do and. So the first is what what led you to manufacturing turbos, and what was your first fun car that you think in your definition?
1: Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go with the fun car first because um, I did what every dad doesn't want their son to do when it's time to drive. I, I wouldn't drive what he wanted me to drive, and I insisted on buying something else, and uh, worked and made my own money and bought it. Even though he didn't want me to have it, it was a 66 Fairlane with a 390 and a, a C6 training, I think, and a nine-inch rear. And, you know, uh, I went through the whole how to put crossover headers underneath it. It's not a very wide thing. I, I beat myself up on, on working on that car. Um, and it was a lot of fun and I thought it was fast and turn out it was very fast at all, but, um, that was my first fun car. And I insisted on having it first as my first car. I, 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 I had to have that car, man. I just couldn't stand the idea of driving anything else. And my dad had this wonderful 75 Monte Carlo, baby blue, 75 Monte Carlo. Do you know how long the doors are on those things? Probably even longer than a third
0: gen Camaro.
1: Yes, they are like a mile long. I right? have
0: a backing cars onto the dyno that we have at the paving company. Third gen Camaros, there's posts. There's a staircase to the driver's side. Third uh-huh. gens will hit the back post. Hit the post, <laughs> and every other car does not. But a third gen, I have to watch. Like depending yeah, on, be real careful. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna ding the door on the very back four by four. For the staircase, and yeah,
1: and and I, you know, I I'd I'd buy that I'd buy that seventy five Monte Carlo for five thousand dollars right now if I could find it. (laughs) You know, uh, that's how neat I think a seventy five Monte Carlo is today. um But I couldn't stand the idea of driving and I I bought a sixty six Fairlane and said, and I had a party with that. Sold it to a friend of mine. It was a great car, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Disc brakes all the way around, manual steering. Uh, yeah, talk about connection with your with your life and the road. You know, it's all in your hands right there. It had the it had the vent windows, had air conditioning. The kind of air conditioning it had was the vent windows you could turn forward. A fifty percent of my
0: Fairmonts had the quarter vent windows, and the, one of them was the pull tab, and you could turn it. And uh, one of them was I've never seen this before: a dial, and it had like a worm drive. Really, it had a dial. And I haven't could, seen that. I was like, "What?" I've seen a lot of older cars. Like People make fun of younger kids where they're like the left foot high beam trigger where the dead pedal know that is. is. Yeah. People <laughs> have no clue. I'm like, yeah. obviously, I like to own older, crappier cars, and of course I've seen that. But I have never seen a vent window where you can spin a dial.
1: With a dial to, to adjust it? Because, you know, if, if some of those wing windows are loose, they'll just swing around. I never had that problem. Mine was really tight, my my and leaky, you know, like. <laughs>
0: oh, man, yeah, well, I'm talking way. about '80s Fords, so some
1: of yeah. them were like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, I, I unfortunately, I, I, I had a man. I had a I had a Fairmont that I drove past for two years. It was red with a white vinyl top, and this was right when I was just starting to like understand what sloppy was, and I was like, you know, I should stop and ask if that if I could buy that. I should stop and ask if I could buy that. And finally, by the time I was like, no, oh, I'm sure I need to stop. And it, it was gone. It, it was just, and now it's, that now it haunts me. Now it haunts me. Um, so yeah, my first fun car is a 66 Ford Fairlane. And how did I get into deciding to manufacture turbos? Um, I, uh, I just, I was air cool Volkswagen geek. And the way you made an air cool Volkswagen go fast was put a turbo on it. Yeah. You, you put a turbo radio, radio turbo on it. You draw through carburetor. Um, and, uh, it, and you just drowned it in alcohol and, uh, and, and ran 10 second air cool Volkswagens. And that's what I thought was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and that got me interested in turbos and that got me reading, you know, all the books, Hugh McInnes's book, Corky Bell's book. Um, if you, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, figure it out, go read those books. Um, good stuff in there. And, uh, and then the next thing I knew I was, uh. I was a physics student, and I was able to get a job in the physics department machine shop, and we worked on telescope parts there, repairing telescopes and all the things they needed there. Those are little round things that go in a lathe. So I spent a few years doing that while I was studying physics, and then later on it came back to serve me because I was able to get a job in a turbocharger machine shop that serviced and did uh, Navy contracts for turbochargers in Houston while I was at the University of Houston working on mechanical engineering classes. Um, and so that's what got me into uh, working on turbos on a daily basis um, that and um, and that's when I realized that that's just what I wanted to do, man. I just I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to go into the into oil. I didn't want to go into energy. I didn't want to go into any other kind of manufacturing. I just wanted to build turbochargers, Wanted to build wicked ass turbochargers. That's what I wanted to do and, just and as
0: like a frame of reference. What year was that that you're like, I'm going to make turbos?
1: That was ninety. That was ninety six. Okay, cool. It was nineteen ninety
0: six. So you've been doing that pretty much. Every and uh,
1: that—that's when I got a Mitsubishi distributorship, and I, and I started buying um, pallets and pallets of the sixteen G turbos for the eclipses and distribute them to all the shops in uh, North America. And um, one thing led to another there because you know we always chase power, right? Yeah. You know. so so, was, so first thing I started to realize is like, well, wait a minute this will also fit on there and this will also fit on there and look what i just did i just lego this shit together you know and a guy I worked with uh uh Wong garza um he was like are oh, you 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 are the doctor i said what do you mean he goes no you're like dr frankenstein i was like what are you talking about he's like you just mix all the parts up you don't follow the book you don't use the right parts you're like dr frankenstein you just huh. build a, a crazy whatever thing i'm like "No." I, it's not like I just use crazy whatever parts. I'm, I'm using the parts that I want to to do the special stuff that I'm trying to do. That worked. That worked, you know. And next thing you know, man, all these 4G63s that we're building these hybrid turbochargers for, they start going a whole second faster. You know, so we took cars that were going barely hitting 10s with a 20G on it and a turbocharger that fit in the same place of that and looked about the same. We can make an extra 150, 200 horsepower more. Huge. And those turned... Those turned into the Frankenstein series of turbochargers, Frankenstein 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And then after that, I parlayed that into uh, opening force performance and, and, just, and just being all on my own and just doing all my own stuff.
0: That guy, yeah, force-fed red apparently has been around motorsport a long time. He goes, and so Frankenstein turbos were
1: created. So he knows all about them apparently. It, it was a big thing. It was a big deal. It's, it's, a, term, it's a term that's used pretty widely now. Um, and other people have latched onto it and used it and I don't care, you know, but, uh, uh, that's, that's how it all started. Listen, building those listen. Frankensteins. And yeah. I, I did, I was like, well, I don't want to buy a Mitsubishi compressor cover. I don't want to use that compressor wheel. I need a better one. And then that led to just manufacturing things that just led into me making my own parts because yeah. I knew we could do better. And I had a really good friend, uh, in tile. Uh, tile has always been a really good business partner for us. And, uh, and the motivation from the tile end of things for excellence in manufacturing and the excellence in motorsports has always been a big influence on me. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, fortunately for me, uh, that partnership has let me have some really, really nice top shelf parts for my turbochargers over the years, because nobody makes things as nice as tile does. Awesome. Well, I
0: have some that I'm looking through here that I would like answered too. Uh the difference when you would need a ball bearing versus bushing and cast versus
1: billet or machined. Turbine. Okay, cast versus billet or machined is 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 almost irrelevant when it comes to aerodynamics, but it probably has something to do with uh uh how fast you can spin them Transient? without no Uh no. Doesn't no, matter. Because whatever I can machine, whatever shape I can machine onto a blade, I could also cast it if I wanted a tool for it. So aerodynamically, I can do the same thing either way, uh, almost and almost, almost without an exception. So people can, talk about the weight of a cast
0: versus a billet, that it's lighter, that it should spin up faster? Is there if any you merit? Pick a, there?
1: If you pick a lighter billet one than a heavier cast one, yeah, but you could pick a, a light cast one and a heavy billet uh, one, too. Interesting. I've, okay. I, there's nothing about the manufacturing process of machining it out of a solid block that makes it inherently light. You could make a big old Russian tank style billet compressor wheel. And all these HD turbos have a big old Russian tank style, thick blade compressor wheel on it. And, you know, and I want to talk about just my stuff. I'm talking about all the stuff you use. I'm not going to say brands or anything, but this niche, this genre of turbo, this, this, this S 400 sloppy genre of turbocharger um they're they're very durable okay uh let me let me grab a blade i'll show you what i'm talking about. that's interesting
0: because i have always thought and said that a billet is simply faster because of lighter weight but he brings a good retrospective there that uh the weight can be a billet can be heavier than a cast
1: yeah it it really can it really can and uh like here's here's an example you know this a billet wheel. And the, the, I don't know, it might be hard to tell, but, uh, but the blades are thinner on this one than this one. Okay. This wheel, the whole blade is milled at one time with the, with the mill at this angle going like that. This wheel is the end of the mill going, you know, so, so this blade can have a curl to it that this blade can't have. Okay. Cause it's milled with the side of the, side of the end mill and so the whole surface of this blade is a straight line everywhere on this blade you could lay a straight line it Hmm. it it, it, there's no curvature to it um now what does that do that that gets in the way of how how accurately the surface of that wheel could be the design surface of it okay aerodynamically the design surface for the wheel lives inside a computer and then out here in the real world is where the the wheel lives and and what we cut is not exactly what we designed, hmm. okay? Especially when you you flank mill. So, typically you don't see flank milled wheels. Other uh, than
0: like 3D printing a blade, sometimes you can't specifically physically manufacture what you wanted
1: to originally you couldn't, design. Yes, exactly. Sometimes you can't manufacture exactly what you designed, okay? And so, sometimes billet lets you get closer to manufacturing what you designed than casting. So So, sometimes you get a performance advantage from billet. But at the same time what if you're an unscrupulous machine shop operator and you just go i'm going to make billet wheels as fastly and quickly as i can with no concern Understood. for the shape okay great now all of a sudden i can have 30 you know uh, kts wheels from malaysia and i can order them to fit any turbo and replace any compressor wheel in the world right and it's just a it's just a little 30 dollars replica of what was supposed to go in there the more and-
0: i learn about motorsport and almost every facet of it is that uh, man. I just totally drew a blank. This is this is awful. But uh, every simple question—if there's, there's a simple answer—someone's probably wrong or doesn't understand. Because mm-hmm. any decent simple question is like a can of worms. Is basically what I wanted to summarize.
1: It, it it's because, really, you know, when you, a lot of people ask their question, right? And they think they've posed a question. It's a it's goal. But, but they haven't posed a question. They've said, what's better? Beans or carrots?
0: <laughs> you it's know? Tough. And I always try to draw that line. And I think some people think I'm being a dick about it, to put it bluntly. But people will be like, what's better? And I'm like, what's better in your situation or what's better overall for cost unlimited, what makes more airflow or what is better drivable or what is
1: economically the best. What's better for longevity. You know, what's better for what it's
0: yeah, it becomes yeah. this huge thing. And that's yeah. like, uh, essentially you think rocketing and space flight is complex, but it's literally the same thing. Like, uh,
1: Turbocharging is is the most complicated industry and the most complicated art I could have chose to go into. There's I I, I don't know what I, I don't know if nuclear engineering I mean probably medicine is more complicated than this, but you know I don't know what I don't know what's more challenging than this. I I can't I'm i on a daily basis I'm challenged. You know, uh, and that's what keeps this exciting for me is there's always there's always something new to try to figure out. And and sometimes like something goes wrong. I have a customer that like this isn't right. This didn't work right. And sometimes I piss them off because I spend so much time trying to figure out what their problem is. And they don't they, they, they again,
0: just they don't understand the delta drop over the compressor
1: piping and the intercooler. It, and- it, 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 it could be that, it could be, uh, it could be a number Bruce of things, you know, and, and, and I'm pissing them off because I just, uh, you know, I, I want to try to figure it out and I want data logs and I want to talk to this. And they want to return a
0: turbo and, they think is garbage.
1: Yeah. And, and, and they think I'm arguing with them over whether or not I'll take it back. I don't care about that. Can, can you let me figure it out though? Because if what you said is true, I really want to figure out what happened, yeah. you know? And, and you know, but, well, I don't have a log, I don't have a this, I don't have that. It's like, well, it'd be really good if you did Well, you just don't want to give me a review. I don't care about damn turbo. You know, I don't care about a damn turbo. I get money back the turbo. That's not a problem. I want to know what happened. Yeah. You know, one turbo this way or that way doesn't change my life at all. You know. Here's
0: here's uh, a good one. This is a good one. I want to add to the billet versus cast. Uh, he says billet is more structurally sound. Question. Thus, it can spin faster.
1: And I would it can say can be. Can be. Yeah. Can be. Doesn't have to be though. You could cut a really crappy billet wheel if you wanted to. It's, hey, it's you want to see the first? You want to see the see the first billet uh, blade I, we ever tried to cut?
0: Oh, nice! So the machine crashed or something?
1: No, <laughs> that, that, that was just experimenting with like we had never cut one before. Yeah, And We were like, hey, let's just let's. Hey, make, that's make, a billet wheel, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to cut one wheel. We well, got to cut one blade before you can cut a wheel, right? That's nice. You right? got to start somewhere. That's awesome. You know? Is 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 that is that one fancy?
0: No, you know, I appreciate the like. I always show people my failures more than my success. I believe that's so, not fancy. Okay, no, that's the, billet though. That's ability that you provide in showing that is a, is is what I like to see. That's why that's why I had it sitting right over here. I wanted you to see. You're like this is my first thing, and it's garbage to most people. But this is our. T- but it qualifies as billet. It's bro. literally our first billet cut. So, and then there was someone that asked something. Earlier and it just shot out in my head. They're like uh, turbo sizing based off of fuel and they said Methanol and I I'm gonna I'll make an assumption and we'll see what you say and if if I learn something I love I've learned a lot so far and uh, I would say that for a methanol car you would need more Turbo or more turbine than you expect because there's more fuel and more exhaust Byproduct, in my opinion, that's
1: happening. Methanol generates a lot of exhaust gas energy. So that you...
0: if you have what you think is a good turbo and you swap to M one, swap it's... the methanol,
1: you might not have a big enough turbine section anymore. Okay, so
0: I at least yeah. know
1: that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might wish you had a little bit. You might wish you had one size larger turbine, or you might wish you had one size larger turbine AR. I've turbine even seen it AR. on
0: E eighty five cars where you think a turbo is too large. But the 40% more fuel flow creates more exhaust gas, and you can light a bigger turbo than you Mm -hmm. would expect easier than a gasoline Which is
1: counterintuitive because most people will also at the same time tell you that E85 has cooler EGTs. It's like, well, if, if, if if E85 generates a cooler EGT, then it's got less energy. Why does it work better? Okay. So there's not universal truths like that because it's a, it's a multidimensional problem. And then I say the same thing about in the intake,
0: people say about the temperature exchange, but I'm like, well, I think the E85, I have personally built engines where the piston ring tolerance is the same. And on gasoline, you will knock a piston ring. You'll lift the ring land lower or upper. And on mm. E, you can push it twice as hard and never hurt the piston or the ring land.
1: Uh, with, with the 85 Yes, because I think right. it's yeah, the, yeah. Transient I see the same cooling thing and, it's and true everything because else going uh, on. The, the chamber, before the combustion, the chamber's a lot cooler. The ring never gets as high. So the average temperature, the piston it. is a lot cooler. Yeah. So the piston doesn't fit the bore as tightly. The rings aren't as tight in the bore either because they're not as, they're not as what, uh, hot. I, when people have a goal in mind and I'm like, what fuel? And they say E85, I say no. You see this all the time with guys that, guys that switch from gasoline to E85, and all of a sudden they start having turbo smoking problems. What's that? Well, why would they? Okay. Here's why. Because your rings and your piston and your cylinder and your rings, they all were sized and, and fit well oh, to seal okay. well on gasoline. I'm you sure. change over to e85 suddenly it never the never gets as hot the expansion is a lot cooler exist. it never got as hot it doesn't seal as much your blow by goes up and what your 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 catch can system and everything worked great for gasoline not working great for e85 suddenly your can case pressure is getting a little bit high and you start you start wheezing That's, a little oil out of your turbo
0: what's funny about that is we used to say like if an engine was kind of looked tired and we would spray it it would improve so that
1: yes because you 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 made it you made it seal better.
0: Well, like we fixed it with nitrous, and people are like, yes. "You are morons!" And I'm like, eh. "No, but I did." <laughs> the baseline. We would baseline a car. We would always buy before Cash for Clunkers ruined all the cool rear wheel drive old school oh, V8 cars that we don't used. Start to, me. We used to yep. buy a car. Let me rant. We used to buy a car for 150 bucks and then drive it on coal roads and ruin it and scrap it for 300 dollars once a weekend. Uh, And we would spray them and they would be tired, like the old school Mercury Grand Marquis make like 120 horsepower, five liter V8. And we would sauce it until Mm -hmm. it hurt. And then it would make more on uh, subsequent dyno pulls on motor. Because oh, it, wow. it was like sealed up or it burned uh-huh. off yeah, yeah, yeah. awful things or it had never <laughs> had the carbon blown out of it. Yeah, or... done
1: taught it a lesson.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's funny. Uh it would pick up twenty, thirty horsepower after spraying aside, uh it would pick up on motor consecutively five pulls in a row, make more on motor after subjecting it to
1: awful abuse on nitrous oxide. <laughs> so well. I'm not going to try to explain that one, but you know, there's no doubt in the fact that it happens, you know, uh, it does. It does.
0: Anyway, where were you?
1: I've derailed. Did, did, did I get derailed? I'm not sure.
0: Where, where were you? Oh, Uh, we talked about fuel fuel. So yeah, we covered that for him. If it's a, if it's, you should let the person know if they're sizing a turbo or if you are sizing a setup, obviously alcohol-based fuels demand more
1: i i, I would turbine. probably like not not worry about sizing differences exactly on gasoline versus 85 but uh i would i would definitely consider sizing uh methanol or you know m1 or m5 with a little nitro in it. i would definitely consider that in my turbine housing selection if i knew that the car was going to run on methanol i would definitely consider that yes i would
0: Oh, here's here's a good one. Immediately just came up. Divided versus non-divided. What what's your summary on why you should choose one or the other or what
1: makes a difference? Uh again, we go back to like how many things can we do wrong and still get it right? You know, we can do this wrong and still get it right also. This is included in that category of things we can do wrong and still get right. We can put a divided single turbo on a single open manifold, for example, and get get great results, okay? Um, do does, does divided housings, what does it do for you? Um, at engine speeds below about 3,000, 3,500 RPM, the pulse timing of a four-cylinder can be timed such that it really does help transient response below 3,500, 4,000 RPM. Um, Beyond that, in my opinion, it's pretty irrelevant whether you have a divided or not. Um, Generally speaking, if you have a divided housing and an open housing um, and they're the same AR, the open version is going to flow about 20% more than the divided one of the same AR. And you can use that 20% correction factor to account for changing turbine housing. So like say if you had an open uh, 100 turbine housing and you wanted a bigger one and the only one available was a divided 144, that is a bigger housing, uh, okay, because a, uh, a, a divided 120 would be about equivalent to an open 100 uh, in, in terms of uh, choke flow and spool. So, there's kind of a 20% correction factor there to go from open to divided. Um, does it really do much for spool? No, not really, in my opinion. No. And that's the opinion I've developed over my whole life, and that's how I feel about it. Just really doesn't change much. Motorsports doesn't use divided housing, okay? If you if you look at, like, top-level, like, Le Mans or anybody that uses turbos for, like, 24-hour racing, those are generally not going to be divided housing.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. And now, yeah. before I forget, uh, one of the old ones that I think we were supposed to cover at some point was journal versus ball bearing. Benefits, we can do that
1: one. I can do that one.
0: And then another one, I'm going to just lay it out before I forget it. People are asking are people coming after you about the epa because i know a lot of my friends with shops are under fire or scared about
1: people are really worried right now you know with the you know the government can change kind of quickly right because they're just
0: flat attacking people that don't deserve it and
1: crush they are flat they're flat attacking people that don't deserve it um a lot um and uh you know the the nice thing about like our the Happy Dragon series and the FP series uh, is those are, those are universal fit turbochargers and those are not being made to fit on any emission controlled vehicle in any particular manner. So uh, I'm not a part of that. You know, I uh, I'm not a part of making turbos to that go on cars that disable.
0: I would have uh, assumed the same that you're building aftermarket. Universal turbochargers. Yeah you're, yeah, you're not making yeah. like a power stroke or Subaru. No. no, I
1: don't. I don't want to do something like that where where we're encouraging uh, removal of emission controls uh, systems. So and, you're staying and,
0: far away from it.
1: I I try to stay as far away from yeah. it as I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not
0: modifying emissions control. So did you know, say- as a matter of
1: fact, with my Camaro project, I mentioned it earlier of the eighteen Camaro, the LtG two liter force uh, turbo. Uh, that that whole project, uh, uh, I'm going to be seeking uh, a uh, exemption order for that and and hopefully getting an exec- an exemption order for the turbo for that project all that whole project has not disabled any emission systems on that whole car uh we took the car from uh we added roughly about 100 horsepower to that car with all the catalytic converter and emission control system completely intact nothing changed about that whatsoever not changing the emissions whatsoever and uh, we plan to have that uh get an eo for that um so i mean in, in the future. Uh, everybody needs to be really oriented about uh, aligned with uh, not violating EPA laws and making sure that they are taking their new products that they're making for new cars that are emission controlled and seeking exemption orders for their parts. It's going to be really important going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think uh, some of that's shitty, but some of it is because people are specifically building things to fight uh epa regulation so they're kind of asking for it some people aren't some people are especially with like the stupid sooty diesel trucks like there's no reason to be belching you know it,
1: it's that's that's a shame that that that's so easy for people to get upset about because it's so in your face you know yeah, uh, people are we, like
0: oh these people walking on the sidewalk blah. this like, is
1: hilarious you know and well, then people are maybe like if you hadn't have been such an asshat like that you know uh but. Even if
0: uh, there's an argument where the emissions is much lower than a poorly running gasoline car, it doesn't matter. You're not spraying black all over somebody so publicly where anybody watching the news at Defensive. night is like, oh my God, that's terrible. Dude, that's almost an assault of some kind. You're doing you know? it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, if someone does that, they're just a giant dickhead. It's not funny. It's like going up to kids and blowing... Tobacco smoke in their face, like oh
1: like yeah. there's an old lady standing next to a puddle at the bus stop, and you just Splash go over her, and hit the like, puddle. To, yeah, yeah, why would you do that? What do you, like, what do you need to do that for?
0: Like I work for a hospital, and every single time I come in and out of an entrance, there's people smoking cigarettes at a hospital entrance. It's crazy, and some of them are the fucking cancer patients, the patients. for yeah. cancer for 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 cancer therapy. There's people smoking out and they don't see the fucking problem. And I'm like, I wish someone would just punch you in the teeth.
1: Well, you know what? They're not going to unget cancer by stopping cigarettes today, are they? Ah, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, just the
0: lack of concern for human beings is outrageous. But well,
1: you know, what's the golden rule? You know, hey, uh, uh, I, I always said you could, you could, you could kind of condense uh, the, the the modern um, religion down into to two, two primary um, goals, you know, be cool and don't be an asshole. You, know, you, you can take you can take the whole Christianity, New Testament, everything like that, take the whole tenets of the whole thing and boil it down into be cool. Yeah, I mean, also, I'm, I'm, there's three here. Be cool in the environment, too, and do not disable emission systems on your cars, guys. You know, do not do it.
0: I like when people get upset about electric or Priuses, electric cars or hybrids. And they're like, and I'm like, that's literally more allowance for you to have fun with petroleum-based vehicles, and it's less. uh, I don't. It's more gasoline for you. I don't understand. People, I think from sloppy mechanics, people are like, oh, you must be so upset to see a Prius. No, I think it's awesome. And a Tesla, no, it's incredible. What's What's
1: wrong with it? I mean, it's got a place. It's got a place. You know, I mean, if it's if it's negative two degrees outside maybe it doesn't have the same place that a gasoline engine does but you know but on a lot of days an electric car is going to work fine for a lot of people it's you know? all whatever
0: it's your pizza preference who cares i'm not gonna but, but also
1: you know uh, I, I i embrace the electric vehicle idea for motorsports i mean uh i i use I, I i i don't do it really anymore i still have a big collection but i i used to race rc cars ten scale uh cars yeah you know on on track and uh you used to have to get you know really fancy italian you know two-stroke motors and stuff like that and i started getting whooped by guys that had electric brushless and lipo setups and one day they didn't have enough battery guys to make a battery class so they put the battery guys in with us nitro guys guess what happened they wrecked you they killed us dude yeah they killed us you know uh so uh can you have a fast badass time with an electric vehicle you damn right you can yeah you know uh and and i really we need to embrace it going forward because you know what's wrong with a what's wrong with an 800 horsepower corvette that's got another 400 horsepower of electric front drive units yeah i
0: don't see the issue that people
1: have with that stuff it's gonna be great dude especially if you can tune it
0: yeah uh, exactly, I can't wait till I've seen uh people might not know it, and I don't might not have uh on point Dino and speed Academy I believe have this guy named Sasha and he has a lotus that he has retrofitted a Tesla electric engine in the back, and he has placed batteries in it to make the weight distribution perfect and people I, think, are, yeah. I think he's been working with Motech for a control device for the Tesla engine that's aftermarket. No one says a lot about it because obviously Motec wants to probably charge 30 grand for it at some point, but it's incredible. And he even has like cruise control buttons that change the amount of regen. And he says, you have to completely relearn how to drive the car because if it was gasoline and you had an inclination of hearing the engine or knowing what gear you're in, if it'll spin out when you stab it, and he's yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. Like, this, this damn thing 180s when you don't think it will at all, and that's
1: has, why that's why your tuning and your programming is so important. Well, that's what okay? they're learning because is. That's is. what you. That's how you have to deal with it is in the programming.
0: Yeah, so they're they're working on all that together. Mm-hmm. But
1: it was funny to see
0: people that have incredible driving ability looping this car in turns, yeah, because yeah. it has like a 750 foot instantaneous torque. Yeah, and there's and no I, it, noise. There's no. It doesn't indication. need any RPM. It there's just no gives turbo. you turbo. The yeah, yeah, there's nothing happening, and they're like spin out.
1: <laughs> I got a friend of mine, uh, Ben Hawkman, up in uh, in Illinois that uh, that has been retrofitting an electric drive unit into a into an Evo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I'm kind of I've kind of got my eye on him and seeing how how that develops. But um, it's all it all fits and it all mocks up and it's all going together. So I know it's going to happen. It, it, I think we need to embrace uh, uh, electric control systems. And, and uh, you know, if, we'll, if, uh, if younger guys feel more comfortable with uh, their computers and programming than they do with uh, air ratchets, this is a great way to get into motorsports. Yeah, no kidding. Okay? Uh, you know, you don't need to go buy thousands of dollars worth of tools and tear things apart. And, you know, uh, maybe you can't carry a, you know, a, a six liter engine into the garage by yourself. But but maybe you understand how to program these speed controllers for these electric cars. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't, people you know, would that, have that, like a whole have, other direction to go.
0: I've built like quadcopters, racing ones, carbon fiber bodies. Simpler, and the people that yeah. understand the n- soup to nuts on that would be the people that could completely retrofit a speed controller for uh, almost completely useless Tesla motor. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. Uh, mm-hmm. implement it very easily mm-hmm. and do something yeah. that's what i keep waiting for because people are like uh, matt loves ls engines and i'm like guys if i could get a tesla engine and put it in a fairmont front and back and do that two wheel drive and do that too and people are like whoa and i'm like yeah that's the stuff i think about at night like mm-hmm. imagine having mm-hmm. a four-wheel drive stupid electric fairmont that makes no noise that makes like a combination 850 wheel on yeah electric. what does a
1: four-wheel rolling burnout look like yeah
0: exactly i'll crab. i'll <laughs> turn the motors backwards and crab walk it hell yeah you will you ever see that where guys have done that where they've built the twin engine cars and they put like both into reverse and
1: uh-huh yeah and it it, it it four-wheel steering so they go yeah and just they pivoted around yeah. they built like uh a... anyway i'm not going to go into it but i want to go off the deep end with that i want
0: to know uh there's some other ones that came up in my summaries of watching the chat aluminum downpipe uh what's your grievances i don't
1: or... like the idea of an aluminum downpipe again i'm a safety first clyde and uh i know turbos explode i know people break this part off of a turbo so and I, I know the that the weight break... limit
0: is null versus the safety expectation
1: why don't you stop eating so many damn cheeseburgers and make yourself lighter? What do you think you're gonna <laughs> save half a pound on a downpipe and that's gonna like make you a winner? I
0: agree. The aluminum no. is
1: overkill, no. in my opinion, for a downpipe. No. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, well, if, if you you and you're not even using like eight feet of it. No, they're all hooded. Okay, or bumper. So, so I would, you know, if if people want to impress me with their aluminum downpipes, why don't they show me how it saved forty five pounds? It doesn't. You're right. Okay. It's so not even, it's not, not even half the weight, and, and is it? it doesn't help your safety. You, these people put these turbos up front. They put these uh, high ninety and past, you know, it's ninety like and hundred twenty degree three bands, feet long. and it's aluminum. And guess what? Those guess what? Those are right next to the steering tires. Yeah. And I think aluminum moves more than metal.
0: That's my in my head. I think aluminum has more movement when it heats or cools then Well sure it's good. Does. Yeah,
1: it does it does that a lot, but uh but but I I don't that doesn't bother me. Your your shit can move all over the place. I don't care about that. What I care about is 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 if the turbo explodes or the piece is going to come through that wall or not. Yeah. You know, if if you got a nice uh, you know, thousandths wall stainless steel tube versus a thousandths wall aluminum tube and you lose one of these and it's traveling down the tube and you got this nice 90 degree bend, you know, honestly, I guess it's probably going to go through both of them, but, you know, it's going to go through the aluminum with a lot more buttery than it's going to go through the stainless steel one, man. The stainless steel has got a lot of yield and soak up and, you know, it's going to consume a lot of that energy and aluminum will not, bro.
0: A good one that I think we forgot. I can't remember if we answered this or not. Uh, ball bearing versus journal. What's the, I want to talk about
1: that one. We didn't yet. Okay. And I can hit this
0: one we, really well. I sidetracked you for sure.
1: It, it, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll do this one. I think this will probably be the crowning jewel then. Okay. So, so, so here's the deal. Ball bearings, ball bearings can run without pressurized oil film. Okay. A ball bearing can run for five minutes without any additional oil. A ball bearing turbo can run for five minutes with the oil that was in it five minutes ago. And it's fine. It's not even angry about it. Okay. The journal bearing turbocharger. um, The full name for that is floating journal bearing turbocharger. So it is to float like a ship has to float in the ocean. Okay. Well, what happens? What happens if the ship ship in the ocean uh, goes over a volcano and the bubbles are coming up? Guess what happens? It's not displacing water anymore. It sinks. It goes right down to the bottom. Floating is a thing. Floating journal bearing is the name of the turbocharger. So you have to have this pressurized film of oil all the way around the journal bearings and between the thrust bearing and, and the collar. It needs sits to be the cushion there. everywhere and the thrust yeah, that and uh, the That has to be there, man. Okay, so so the second, the, the tenth, the hundredth, the thousandth of a second that that oil film is not there anymore – the surface speed is so high that it instantly torches. You'll, your 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 steel collar will turn blue. It, you'll damage these ramps, these little these little ramps on on the bearing. I don't know if you can see them there, um, but but, yeah, but you'll rip those you'll rip those right off of there. And then all of a sudden, it's not doing its bearing job anymore, and it's just dying. And you're like, wow, it just made a great pass. It's on I mean, it the way fun. down,
0: right? No matter and what, it,
1: and it doesn't fix itself. Okay, it just once it does this, it's just worse and worse and worse. That the slope just keeps changing. Okay, so so journal bearing turbos, floating journal bearing turbochargers, you cannot interrupt the pressurized oil supply to the turbocharger. You'll cook the bearing. Just boom, you just cooked it. Okay, now, yeah, yeah. Now, now, what do we know about uh, going to get ice cream and doing burnouts? Do we pull four G's? No. no, yeah, I, no. We don't. Motorsports again. Motorsports okay. grade is totally different. Okay, we don't pull two G's even. We we don't even pull one G forward probably. Okay, so what is the chances that our oil pickup in our pan is going to suck some air? Almost Nothing. none, none. Okay, okay. Now, now, now let's go talk about a GTR. Let's go yeah. talk about twenty two hundred horsepower GTR that's going to launch. Yeah, it does have multiple G's going forward. So so if a if a GTR did that, a, any kind of car, if it launched with like two G's of forward acceleration, all the oil's in the back, the pickup is is uncovered, and there's some foam in the oil for that period, you know, for that first 60 feet. If you were gonna data log oil pressure at the outlet of the pump you're going to see high frequency disturbances in that oil pressure line as the foam goes past. and that could easily wipe a journal the foam is gonna just yeah yeah by the time you get 120 feet down this especially track especially when you're you, anti-lagging 40 pounds yes yes you have already got it fully on pipe hundred thousand rpm plus easily yeah. and now you just go hey you know what i'm going to see what happens when i take the oil pressure away for half a second yeah yeah, you just bought another Turbo's, which you did. Huh. You just bought another turbo, which you did. And then also... So, ball bearing does ball bearing does that all day long. No problem. So hey, let's put some oil in it. Let's do the whole six-second pass, and then we'll put oil in it again. Interesting. Everything's fine.
0: So, the longevity there. and abuse and oil
1: slosh and all of that is... Yeah, yeah that's the big, big kicker for journal bearing versus Now, ball. is
0: there a benefit to spool or transient with ball bearing at all
1: people like to tell you that there is man but uh you know they're also at the same time they're hard pressed to like show you the data logs exactly yeah so i would say i like how you
0: i like how you started with the longevity and repeatability and robustness To me, that's
1: the motivation yeah
0: because people are like ball bearing just or they have videos where they shut the turbo off shut the car off and it spins for like five minutes, but that's what you're talking about. It retains that lubricity and it has it, that it, low friction it does coefficient. It
1: doesn't depend on that oil film But the back pressure versus
0: fill versus intercooler versus engine size doesn't fucking matter that. that it spins for seven that. minutes when you key off. It's a
1: selling point. It's a longevity selling point. Yeah.
0: People hmm. are like, watch this spin forever. It doesn't fucking matter.
1: <laughs> no, but, but if you're, if you're the guy that's like, you know what, I want to buy this turbo cause it's the cool turbo this season and it's on sale. And then next season I'm going to buy that cool turbo. Cool. It's, you know? So, so why would you want to, why, if you're going to just like try things and experiment with stuff and, 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 and do all this, why would you want to spend an extra thousand or $2,000 every time you experiment? I'd say it's at least 40, 30% more for a dual ball bearing. It is at least. Yes. So almost. if you compare a 72 millimeter Zona rotor turbocharger, I guess a 72 millimeter like FP or happy dragon turbocharger, uh, that it's, it's the, the pricing is different by a factor of two or three. All
0: right. Well, I have another though. I like hearing all of my suspicions where I want to call people out and I, I think something's bullshit are, are true anyway. What turbo makes the most whistle? This is important. People wanna know this. They they don't care about overall horsepower, response, cost. They wanna be the most obnoxious turbo sound, which I can identify with. Making turbo sounds is cool. I know that people specifically specialize in sending out your compressor and getting it modified. For the, are you familiar with the, is it the T51R mod? It's like one of the loudest compressor housing mm,
1: turbos ever. Yeah. If you want to save your money and not spend your money on that, just go up to your turbo with a little file and you just file a little notch on two blades that are opposite of each other. Well, you want to balance it, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So if
0: it's eight blades, you can do four of the eight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go put a little freaking notch
1: on on every other blade. Now, what kind of file?
0: Are you saying a uniform like a little donut in the and, and is it is it closer to the shaft makes more noise or farther out farther out will make more noise wow so yeah i think i've seen where they just clip the compressor wheel and they put little you know little circles and away from the housing and it just whistles you're making like me a,
1: really mad right now
0: whistles like a son of a bitch um, you're getting me angry i'm making right boomer now. comments right now
1: i just want my turbo <laughs> to make noises
0: Anyway.
1: let well, right. not you go back to talking about welding turbine uh, wastegates onto the side of turbine housings? This is in the same
0: category. The word yeah, is you get, triggered. You get my blood pressure It's like when Pete Nichols, the guy that owns <laughs> Hughes Performance, keeps posting his carbureted car, and I'm like, bro. Oh, this makes me – I just tell him outright. I'm like – You're making me mad, dude. You're making me mad. I don't like seeing it. He's like, I post it because it makes you mad. And I'm like, it's yeah. making me mad for sure anyway they're
1: loud with no filter on them you know that's that's the best way to do it but you know for the most part uh the covers are made to work properly uh and uh taking the cover taking the cover and cutting everything above the surge slot out and then putting another re- insert in that is the wrong diameter and creates extra gap around it <laughs> so that it's louder uh why don't you, again just go yeah just drill some freaking holes in the damn turbine housing cut a big hole in your sail and shoot yourself in a pecker while you're at it dude.
0: <laughs> i appreciate the honesty and the line i do the same thing i'm like it's yeah. i don't care what you guys think i think it's fucking useless and I'll i just, think it's i think it's yeah i'll say what i think but yeah.
1: yeah, I get to think what I want too, right? Everybody exactly. does, right? So who cares?
0: I'll say what I want. <laughs> Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you hate me. I don't care what I have to say. Yeah, you know, this some a, some people will. So yeah, and that's fine. They can be mad, and I'll laugh. That's yeah. why I make my memes, and everybody is mad, and I just make another one, and don't even look
1: at their comments, and they don't. Yeah, but it. hey, you know, we're not talking to them right now, are we? No,
0: <laughs> this is a good one. What's the most exotic? Turbo you have ever built, one-off or series of turbos that is the most exotic or strange or low production.
1: I'll tell you, uh, right now we're we're making some uh, some uh, McLaren Seven Twenty P turbochargers that ah. are pretty wicked. You know, um, and uh, of course, you know, everybody that buys one of those doesn't really even inspect it or put plates on it. So uh, we don't have to worry about EPA there because these are for off-road use in, in Mexico, <laughs> yes, of course, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, but uh, those are going to be beautiful, man. That's uh, I've got some Zona Rotor UHF equipped uh, cartridges for that in, uh, in, in OEM housing. So 100 percent direct fit. Uh, perfect. Perfect complement to the seven twenty. That is uh, that is something I'm really excited about right now.
0: Are those already out, my buddy uh, Arnie? No, they're
1: not out. I'm, I'm making them right now. I'm, oh, I'm, nice! I'm, I'm making the parts right now.
0: My buddy Arnie Toman owns Cannonball Garage, and a lot of his like 50 percent of his workflow
1: seems like seven twenty s's. And they these do... uh, the flow rating on these will allow uh, supporting up to 1,200 wheel horsepower. Yeah,
0: because they have so, some...
1: This should be the largest turbos you would need for a 720 because the crankshaft and block assembly is not going to go past that anyway.
0: He was saying they have a package that makes 1,100 wheel and that's stock engine. I was like, that's incredible. Uh, but That
1: is incredible.
0: But, like, yours might spool better or whatever else and make more horsepower per pound, et cetera.
1: Uh, If if there's someone making 1,100 on the factory turbochargers... uh, No, they're not factory turbo. No way. They're going to jizz themselves when they get these. (laughs) these (laughs) Because
0: it's going to be 2,200 horsepower, in their opinion. (laughs) I understand. Yeah, we'll break motors is what we're going to do. So that's cool. So uh, McLaren 720S
1: is a decent vehicle to be exotic. Uh, You know, I'll tell you my most disappointing exotic. is How's that? Is that interesting? My most disappointing exotic is a Bugatti. A Bugatti? Yeah. It has four of the cheapest little TDO4 Mitsubishi rusting iron housing turbochargers I've ever seen. I thought it had four KO3s. It has four TDO4 Mitsubishis
0: similar maybe like,
1: different year models have different i don't know i'm not i'm not going to claim to be the bugatti expert i just but, laughed and i was six like six years ago when when i was working on that um they were mitsubishis so
0: i was like i bet because all Volkswagens have ko3s i'm like i bet it has four ko3s hmm. and is that similar i don't know mitsubishi a
1: termos. ko3 and a tdo4 similar yeah yeah oh, they so are it basically to, has four uh, ko3s yeah 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 yeah, but, That's but the fact that they, but the fact that it's, uh, it's like, what was the, uh, what was the guys that, uh, that, that metal prints everything, Koenigsegg? Koenigsegg? Okay. So yeah, so they were all the rage because they were like, they were like Inconel printing their turbine yep, housings absolutely. and manifolds, and they had all this super alloy 3D metal printed stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they had, they had aftermarket turbos in there with iron bearing housings that were rusting and dripping on all the rusting drip marks on all the printed ink and stuff. <laughs> uh, why would you guys, why would you guys do that? That's you know? funny. Like you...
0: that's my aspect of where someone would show me an incredible build. And I'd be like, why are your valve cover gaskets leaking so bad? Mm-hmm. And people are like, why are you a jerk off? And I'm like, why are your valve covers leaking? I don't know. You're the one with the leaking valve covers. That's pretty simple. That's like 1920s. You're the one with the rusty turbos, shit. Mr.
1: Bugatti guy. <laughs> yeah, like why
0: you got an Inconel printed turbo if your fucking valve covers leak so bad into your coil pack that misfires? That... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's I love pointing out shit. You can't
1: like be that. everywhere all the time, Matt.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's a good one. This is, I think, is good. We didn't cover this yet. It says
1: let's cover let's cover one or two more things, man. I'm 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 getting long in the day, right? now.
0: <laughs> you let me know, and then we'll quit. I'll just let you know just now. <laughs> I will I will go till three because I have no <laughs> limit on my.
1: Uh, I have to be watching is, is, is this is, is are people are people watching along? Is there, is there much going on here?
0: There's 260 people watching still right now. Okay. okay. But uh, where do you run oil lines? Where can you start? Where should you finish? Line size reducer? No reducer. Okay, I saw
1: that question. And, and the, the, the golden nugget in that question is that if you're ever running twins, um, you've got to have symmetry in your lines or you're going to bias your flow to one of the turbochargers. So you can, you can start on, on the side of the block where everybody always likes to start, taking the oil at the little regulator thing on the driver's side. You know that little box there. I don't know what it's called. Um, and run one line up to wherever you want to, and then. But when you split it and tee it to the other two turbos, those two split lengths have to be the same number of inches on each side, or you're going to favor flow through one turbocharger. You'll have one turbocharger that that gets more of the flow, uh, oil flow. Um, symmetry is really important with your intercooler pipes and your wastegate priority when you attach your uh, wastegates to your headers for a twin setup. You need to focus on having equal priority for both wastegates. You don't put one at a 90 degree angle and other at 120 degree angle to the pipe, um, you're going to end up with an uh, error in, uh, in RPM on turbos from side to side um, doing that. Um, also, so so my, my point about oil lines is if there's twins symmetry, and, and also if there's twins, we need symmetry in uh, wastegate priority and how we attach the wastegates uh, to the collectors too.
0: Here's a good one if you can quickly summarize just for curiosity's sake, what's the largest turbo you've built or sold and what's the smallest turbo you've built and sold?
1: Um, smallest one is uh would be a Mitsubishi TDO 15 TDO TDO 15 TDO 2 or TD-015. This is a really tiny little turbocharger. I mean, you can cover the compressor wheel up with a nickel. Okay, <laughs> and uh, These are made for the uh, 600cc uh, three-cylinder cars that are really popular in Japan. I think they call them K-Car. Uh, yes, and, I know all about so, so there's a very tiny turbo for that. And uh, I like to keep a couple of those around just for guys that want to like turbo a go-kart or turbo a dirt bike or turbo a banshee or turbo, you know, some random small displacement, you know, not multiple, maybe two or three cylinder engine. Um, those are really handy for that. I like those. Uh, and they're really easy. They come with an internal wastegate in them. They're not that costly, maybe $500. Um, so they're they're fun. Um, they spin really, really fast because they're so tiny. I mean, they go, they, I I, I want to say that when I looked it up, they were going over 250,000 RPM at wow. full flow. Wow, yeah. quarter million. The smaller they get, the faster they spin. Okay,
0: super fast.
1: Yeah, and then the biggest uh, would Say probably hi. be the TV94s. Uh, okay, really big TV94 is an industrial-sized turbocharger uh, for uh, really heavy equipment. Um, and uh, a guy I know named Bob Norwood uh, runs some TV94 stuff on some of his drag cars. And I've worked on those for him a few times. In a couple, well, no, just once, just once. Uh, but that was a really huge turbo. I mean, talk about a turbo that probably weighs like, uh, I don't know, 85 or 90 pounds. You know, the turbocharger, really massive. I mean, turbine like, housing, like that big around. I'm not even sure what he runs them on. Huh. Um, but really big turbo, TV94 Garrett turbocharger. No, oh, it's, it's a little bit, it's kind of along the size of a, like a GT55, but older, older turbo prior to the GT55s. My so wife sucked up. Now, years ago, I would work on uh, ABB, Amer- uh, 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 Brown Bavari, something, Brown Bavaria. Uh, and those are, those are, uh, they have axial flow turbines and centrifugal compressors. And the compressors on those are about this big around. And they got a bottom part and a top part. They got multiple part compressor wheels. So you change the size of the compressor wheel by just changing the top part of the wheel and the bottom part of the wheel stays the same. And this is what you use like in tugboats and stuff. Uh, So on the Gulf Coast uh, for shrimp boats and tugboats and stuff in the Gulf Coast, it was kind of a common thing. And I used to work on those sometimes down in Houston before I started Force Performance. Wild. Mm -hmm. ABB turbos.
0: (laughs) My wife sucked up a giant spider, apparently, and threw the vacuum into my office and said, you deal with (laughs) (laughs) him." just wanted to share that. I'm like, say hello. And she's like, she's like, just threw the vacuum in there.
1: You're vacuumed (laughs) now.
0: Here you go. You deal with that. She just texted me a bunch of stuff like, nope, not doing it. Nope, nope,
1: nope. Well, spiders are spiders. You know, what are you going to do?
0: yeah um how are you doing you want one or two more or what i think
1: i'm about finished man i think i've about had it okay
0: no problem but, i mean but, uh, man, been... I,
1: I, those are some great questions and i love visiting and uh be happy to to uh come back and do it some some other time we we're already three other and, topics and a half hours and... in it it, it went longer than i thought so yeah this is three hours right
0: yeah absolutely a lot, talking, a, a lot of talking
1: man it's a lot of talking
0: yeah so thank you and uh it'll be awesome my pleasure
1: Uh, thank you for having me appreciate it
0: yeah i learned a lot uh some of the preconceived notions i had were shattered
1: so it's nice to hear well and don't forget you guys i don't just talk about turbos i sell them too so you can go to my website and um and see what kind of cool stuff i got
0: ah yes if you guys want to buy turbos robert sells them (laughs) i do also sell them too
1: (laughs) and not only do i sell them but if you got a problem I want to help you figure out what it is. And if you blow something up, I want to fix it for you. So, I mean, we, you know, so not only do we only we just sell turbochargers, but like the staff of people here that, that we service them, um, problem solve, I'll, I'll review data logs. I don't mind spending some time helping you figure out what's going wrong.
0: And that's the, uh, price versus support thing. We always try to explain to people, uh, There's cheaper ways to do it and you can be the person that does it. And the same with, we say with, uh, people that want to buy Holly for the cheapest price. If you buy it from a dealer, they will support you. They will give you bass tunes. They will
1: give you a border. Like they will, they will help you. Uh, Yeah. You you buy a Holly from the right guy. You get to call a guy up and go, Hey, now how does this traction control menu work? Yeah. It's overlooked, and again, <laughs> like
0: we talk about bad customers, it's hundred
1: percent true. You do have to uncustomer people sometimes.
0: You have to fire customers, absolutely. You do, you do have to fire
1: customers sometimes. Yeah. All right, people are saying thanks. Not, not very happy to do it, but sometimes it does have to happen.
0: People are saying thanks, Matt and Bob. Blah blah blah. Uh, not to, uh, you know. Well, thank
1: you very much. I've had a bunch of fun, man. Uh, I did not I didn't think I was gonna talk this long. I, I didn't think there was this much <laughs> to say about it. <laughs>
0: no, yeah, it's I guess surprising there was. how you can go four hours uh, giving people information and how grateful they are is always rewarding. Well I, I love
1: I love answering questions and I love helping people understand it. You know, I if i if, if I could have made money being a teacher, I would have taught physics. You know, but but I just didn't there was no way to make money being a teacher that yeah. I could tell. So. all right well
0: that'll uh conclude this for the night i hope everybody had fun and uh we'll see you guys later thank you very much boost on y'all Yep. Yeah, bye